Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast, we have your WWE Elimination Chamber results. Sting's last match is coming up, and he came down from the rafter Wednesday night. We got your AEW predictions, your New Japan new beginning two nights. Just an absolutely perplexing two nights of wrestling. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Nick, if I didn't know any better, I thought you would listen to PSP this week. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, oh, I know you didn't. That's what makes it even more <laughs> ironic. <laughs> Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks, and welcome to the Band for Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I won't deny it. I'm a straight beaver. You don't want to fuck with me. And on that lovely note, I'll ask your congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Man from Ringside Podcast, Volume 349, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smarts say it's hashtag who the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Good week of wrestling. Uh, didn't wake up at 4 in the morning for Elimination Chamber, but I got it all in. Got the usual wrestling in. New Japan in. I'm ready to talk it all. Let's do this shit. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on? Two beers, Zach. Bianca West is in the house. Uh, just very tired. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights trying to catch up on uh, Ole Anderson and Virgil Slash Vincent's back catalog. So uh, I could be a real journalist for everybody today. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, before we get into three count, uh, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Before we get into three count, we, uh, the wrestling world lost, uh, two icons, uh, you know, I guess one that got over as a slave and one that thought that he probably should have been one. Uh, we had Ole Anderson and, and Virgil, um, <laughs> I've been thinking about that line for a while. Of course. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, you know, uh, I guess we can start with Virgil. Uh, you know, everybody knows who Virgil is. He uh, started off as, I think he was Soul Train Jones back in um, in the Memphis Territories back in the day, I believe. He, he eventually uh, came to prominence in WWE uh, during the Hulk Hogan era where he was Ted DiBiase's manservant, which is... Uh, Being nice. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's what they called him. They called him a manservant, which basically you know is... Why, Go ahead. you know why he was named Virgil? Uh, well, the story is is that he was named Virgil as a inside joke about Dusty Rhodes because that is Dusty exactly Rhodes' right. real name is Virgil Runnels, and that's why he was Vincent in uh, WCW is because they were like, okay, fuck you if you're if Vince McMahon's going to call you Virgil, we'll call you Vincent. Um, Jason. Memories, thoughts about Virgil, uh, his legacy. Uh, he had a bit of a, a third act. Um, you know, was kind of in on the joke. He was uh, present uh, on the autograph circuit and things like that. But uh, thoughts, Jason? For me, the when I think Virgil, I think of DBIC and that run where he would give $100 for fill-in-the-blank uh, act. The one that really stuck out to me as a kid. where It was a little kid. It was a black boy. He's like eight or nine years old, and he 
DiBiase is like, if you dribble this ball 10 times, I'll give you 100 bucks. So he's dribbling it. You know, he gets to seven, eight, nine, and then DiBiase kicks the ball or whatever. He's like, oh. That little black boy's name? (laughs) Jason Cornelius Bell. (laughs) Start me for life, you motherfucker. I'm kidding. You would have been 30 by then. (laughs) So DiBiase kicks the ball, and Virgil's just stone-faced. You know what I'm saying? That's what I remember about Virgil. No matter what happened, he would always more times than not be – just stone face. Unless he was in the ring getting his ass handed to him, and that's something different. He was a great heater for DiBiase, and that's what you needed for DiBiase as a heel. You can have him take L's or getting his ass beat. That's why he had Virgin there. The WCW days, kind of more NWO-esque. He was like the 15th member of the NWO, which was fine. By that point, Virgil was over. It didn't even matter what he was named or what he did at that point. He was fine. And then the back end, like you said, he just took advantage of everything that was presented in front of him and hopefully made some money out of the uh, the interview or not the interview circle but the uh, signature circle. We're just rooting for him at that point to eke out a living. <laughs> but he is uh, certainly uh, iconic to a wrestling fan of a certain generation. That generation includes Zach. Zach, your thoughts on Virgil? Yeah, I mean, as Kevin Nash said, the only two things in this business is the money and the miles. And he made pretty much a career in like the biggest biggest wrestling that's ever been uh, by just being a stooge and taking bumps and uh, basically making a living off of other people's pettiness, like with the Virgil and the Vincent thing. But yeah, uh, I was pretty young when he was Virgil, but uh, I remember him most for sure. I mean, I was watching, but I remember him most for sure whenever uh, he was Vincent and he was just out there getting beat up by Sting and taking bumps every single week. <laughs> like Sting would come down from the rafters and just bash that dude with a bat and he'd like go over the top rope like every single time. Um, that was pretty much like, that's just what he was. He was there to just take bumps. Um, but yeah, uh, good on him for being able to, you know, make a living on uh, on people's pettiness for so long. Uh, Roof legit came off the place uh, 91 SummerSlam when he went over Ted DiBiase. So uh, good on him. Rest in peace. Virgil, and then we have Ole Anderson, whose uh, legacy is complicated. Uh, probably best known is one of the original Four Horsemen, um, the kayfabe family member of Mister or of oh, not Mister of Arn Anderson. <laughs> you and, better call him uh, Missy. Uh, like, there was another Anderson, I think, before that. I am not the biggest Ole Anderson scholar. I know that uh, he did a lot of booking Georgia Championship Wrestling, I think. I'm sure that I'm not a historian, so I'm just here for the takes, guys. But uh, (laughs) I also know that he uh, was a well-known, like almost cartoonishly racist person, and uh, I'm not trying to judge anybody by their worst moments uh, on the day of their death. I guess you can judge them by their worst 40 or 50 years, though. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, I don't... (laughs) I don't know much about Ole Anderson. Uh, I'll just be honest. Just one of the fours. Jason, thoughts on Ole Anderson? No, that's how I was introduced to Ole. He was, when I first started watching uh NWA, he was the partner of Arn Anderson. They were the Four Horsemen. Obviously, as a huge Ric Flair fan, I got to at least see a lot of Ole Anderson as the time progressed. Um, always just, just seemed weird to me. Just never really, as a Four Horseman guy, he was always the horseman. I never really 
felt connected to, if that made sense. He just always felt like he was, you know, the old man yelling at, you know, get off my lawn. And that's the way I always felt about Ole Anderson. I obviously don't know him, but just the, my impression of him, for lack of a better term. You know, great, you know, tag team wrestle with Arm, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, by the time I started watching wrestling personally, I didn't have a lot of, you know, just in-depth knowledge of Ole, just what I saw on TV. And like I said, pretty good tag team wrestler. He's one of those names that get ticked around a lot that I really haven't seen wrestle all that much. Uh, Zach, thoughts? Yeah, it was a little bit before my time. Um, I remember him a little bit from WCW, and I was like, real young but um yeah like uh dude was uh it was pretty funny uh, i'm interested to read the observer bio when it comes out probably tomorrow or like later tonight uh melter talking about him was pretty funny because he would like in one someone would be like oh amazing promo he's like probably one of the best promos you know there's ever been uh and then he would just like talk for like five minutes about all these stories about how big of an asshole he was and he's like, but really, you know, genius booker for there for about four or five years. <laughs> and then he talked for like four or five minutes about how much of an asshole he was. It was fucking great. Um, nothing like about being an asshole to him personally, but just like a bunch of stories about like, yeah, like I remember one time he told me uh, he had an IQ of 173, like, which probably wasn't true because people that have an IQ of 173 don't have to say it. <laughs> uh, it was it was really funny stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was definitely, uh, you know, one of the original four horsemen. Um but, uh, yeah, a little before my time, so I don't have much to say. Fair enough. Uh, rest in peace to both those gentlemen. Um, not much more to say. Let's get in that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. We going down to Perth, baby. Elimination Chamber, uh, depending on when you were, where you are living. Uh, for us in the Central Standard Time Zone, this was 4 a.m. Like I said, your boy was not trying to do it. I watched a little bit of New Japan and then finally went to sleep right around 4.35. So I didn't even watch uh, the Elimination Chamber live, but I did get up right away and started to watch it. Was it one, two, three, four, five match card plus a... Uh, a little sprinkle in the middle of Grayson Waller. Let's just talk about the uh, the main show first. Kabuki Warriors retained over Indy and uh, Candice LeRae in the dark match. Indy gets her spotlight in Australia along with Rhea Ripley. I thought that was a nice little touch. Uh, opening the show, you had the uh, women's elimination chamber. Becky Lynch comes out as the winner of this. Not a huge, huge surprise. Um, to me, one of the big takeaways, I guess, from the match is uh, Naomi or the lack thereof. Even though she opened the match, didn't necessarily have good showings in it. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it botches, but just necess- uh, just off timing, I guess, for lack of, lack of a better term. If I'm not mistaken, she was the first to get eliminated. So th- just those things combined didn't necessarily seem like it was a, a good showing for Naomi. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, I would think we another person that kind of stood out in ways that aren't necessarily a good way uh, for someone with her size. And seemingly, you know, there is some sort of, you know, strong, not strong booking behind her, but they at least feel like they'd set her up to do well. I guess that's the better choice of words I want to go with it. She didn't do all that hot. Um, to me, the the standouts, if anything, um, 
Bianca Belair, I thought, really stood out, but that's just obvious. Liv Morgan reminded me while she was a world heavyweight champion, or not world heavyweight champion, a women's champion. Uh, every now and then, I tend to forget that she was a champion at that point. And then, um, obviously, Becky Lynch being the winner, she had to not necessarily carry the weight, but I think she was more of the veteran presence that got us from point A to point B, Tiffany Stratton, obviously with some a couple of nice high spots. The crowd was behind her, but didn't necessarily think she had much of a ch- chance to win. Um, the right person probably went over. This is the biggest match you could probably make on the uh, the Raw side, so I'm cool with it. Zach, what do you think about this match? I think the big standout was uh, Tiffany Stratton, not just because of the high spots, but just how like much the crowd was behind her. I mean, like you had like Bianca Belair like beating on her and Bianca Belair's getting booed. Um, <laughs> that's fucking wild, man. Like, um, very cool for her being so young and she's like a total heel too. Uh, but the crowd really liked her and they did give her a little bit of shine, uh, but she didn't get a ton of time in the match. And um, I think with the benefit of hindsight, they probably would have let her shine a little bit more. Cause I mean, the first, like she got a bullshit chant whenever she, was eliminated, yeah. which, I mean, that's wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was a big standout. Um, pretty formulaic for the most part. Um, you know, there's kind of a, a formula where, you know, they come out of the, the pod and they run wild, um, and then you know that they're about to get eliminated whenever they look really good for a couple minutes. Like, they're, they're doing spots on everybody, getting their big shit in. You know that they're about to get eliminated. But uh, overall, it was a pretty good match. Um, you know, pretty pretty fun opener, uh, and I thought that the show, like the, the the just like the the feel of the show, was a very big show feel. And Perth was beautiful, like the sun was setting. Uh, that was that was very cool. Yeah, the venue and the atmosphere was cool as fuck. This was uh, out of the two elimination chamber matches. I thought that this one was. Uh better put together match i think i enjoyed watching it more i thought tiffany stratton was fucking great uh i didn't really mind her getting eliminated like that because like jason said there was no chance of her to win uh didn't feel like but she didn't she stayed long enough for you to leave everybody wanting more like she got in she she was super over and she was uh super up to the task too um Acted like she belonged there. Got the pin on Naomi and then mouthed the word sorry to Naomi. And I was like, ah, that's just charisma. She's just got it. She's, you know, can't teach it. And uh, it was really good shit. Uh, Becky going over. I like the finish, too. I like how uh, Liv eliminated Bianca. And then Becky got Liv, like, right after. Because the suspense wouldn't have been there for Becky versus Bianca. But it also doesn't allow... uh, so Becky didn't pin Bianca either. So there's some story that they can tell with that. The right person went over. This was mega fun. Fair enough. Next up, you had the uh, Undisputed Tag Team Championships, Judgment Day with uh, being Finn Bauer and Damian Priest versus the New Cross Republic. If I, is that right? New Catch Republic. New, New Catch. Catch Republic. Sorry. I was going to say, I thought it was Catch, but I wasn't exactly sure. Catch. I'm thinking NXT, but neither here nor there. New Catch Republic with Tyler Bates and Pete Dunn. Um, didn't think that uh, the challengers had much of a chance coming into it. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm watching the match. And I'm like, damn, is this shit getting ready to happen? Didn't happen, unfortunately. The tag champs retain. I thought this was one of the a couple of chances to have 
Damian Priest dropped the tag tiles before WrestleMania. Not saying that it can't happen. It's 40-some-odd days between now and then. It can still happen. But this felt like a chance to do it and do it with a team that actually, you know, has some sort of history together and makes a little sense. Neither here nor there. I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, I like Taylor Bain and Pete Dunn together. I hope they stay together a little while longer versus, you know, just having them in tag team purgatory where DIY seems to be after losing to Judgment Day. But, no, this is a pretty good match. Just, uh, unfortunately, for New Catch Republic uh, fans, just not their uh, day to be. Zach, what you think? Yeah, I went on a limb and picked New Catch Republic. Uh, I love the reason, moxie. Thought, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, overall, um, I mean, a lot of good wrestlers in here. So, uh, definitely a super fun match. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, besides just having a lot of uh, chemistry, you know, they're great opponents. Uh, they're obviously great teammates as well. Uh, they've got some fun double-team moves they've been doing, including the Birminghammer, which is like a double uh, burning hammer uh, that they call after their hometown, I guess, or one of their hometowns are uh, Birmingham. Um, not Alabama, I'm sure. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, uh, overall, uh, this was uh, an entertaining, uh, you know, PPL or what is it, PLE, uh, you know, level tag match. Um, but yeah, I, it's not surprising that Judgment Day went over. No, I really enjoyed the shit out of this match too, man. Uh, I loved Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate. I was thinking going into this, I was like, they're going to go out there with something to prove. They're going to try to put on a real show, and they really did. And uh, Judgment Day gave it to him. And Judgment Day made him look really good. I, if I'm nitpicking, and I always said this about Biggie's big ending too. Uh, What's Pete Dunn's finisher called? The bitter end. It looks like they're. T- it looks like he's taking the move. It doesn't look like he's giving the move. I hate the finisher. Oof. Mm. Nitpicky, I know. Mm. That, that motherfucker looked nice to me, but that's just me. <laughs> it looks like he's getting slammed. I I I I totally see what you're saying. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying, you know. They're going to like the move. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, Grayson Waller in the middle. Uh, his special guests for the Grayson Waller effect are Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Um, no bloodline interference, but bloodline, I guess, influence, for lack of a better term. Uh, Grayson Waller felt like he was the the voice box, the Paul Heyman, if you will, for this uh, segment. Cody throws out a challenge for a match to The Rock, which is a bit of a surprise. I was thinking more on the lines of tag team, like uh, the three of us were, but I'm not sure if this is even going to be a thing. We'll just see how that unfolds. But to me, that was the uh, the big takeaway from this. Um, Austin Theory impersonating The Rock was nice. Seth Rollins laughing along did make me pop. Watching Austin Theory catch that work while Grayson Waller was not trying to do a damn thing was probably the high spot, the funniest part of the segment. But the takeaway for me is Cody wants Rock in some sort of a match coming down the line, whether it's before or after WrestleMania time, we'll tell. But Grayson Waller effect, uh, pretty decent. This could have been easily been served on Raw or SmackDown. But since Grayson is from Australia, you had to do it, so they did it. Zach, what you think about the segment? Is that shit going to happen? Are we going to get Cody versus The Rock one-on-one before WrestleMania? I mean, I think they were calling that out, but it still seemed like they were hyping the tag match because with Seth saying, you know, there's no one-on-one, so I'll be there. Um, 
I think that they're I'm still leaning towards that night one tag match. I gotta go with Zach here. This felt like uh, I, I. It just seems so obvious to me, and it seems like I, maybe it's not as, as obvious to everybody else. So maybe I'm completely wrong. It just seems like there's no way they're not having that tag match. I would be extremely surprised to see Roman Reigns wrestle back to back nights. Not saying it can't happen. Not saying it won't happen. I mean, I'd, I'd be, be just, just be as very, surprised very to see The Rock wrestle back to back nights. He wrestling back to back nights. He wrestles. He'll wrestle that one night. Night one. He'll be in the corner of uh, Roman Reigns in night two. I know, I know what you mean. Uh, but we twenty twenty three was the year of MJF wrestling like twice a night on every pay per view. So very true, very true. <laughs> look, look, motherfucker, then I, I'll need him to, to pull an MJF at this point. I gotta see it exactly. First. Okay, it's funny. It's like it's like we're from the Show Me State. Like MJF had to show us. Yeah, yeah Reigns, Reigns got to show us. Yeah, at this point, yeah. I, I need to see it. Otherwise, I'm just going with the assumption that he's. You know, once every three or four months. For me, it, that's that's fine. He's in a special attraction, you know, champion. So be it. I don't think he was going to wrestle back-to-back nights. I would be, you know, pleasantly surprised if he does because it would make storyline sense and it would connect night one to night two when it comes to Cody versus Roman. I just – I wouldn't put money on that shit for nothing. Fuck that. <laughs> this, was, uh, this was entertaining, but, yeah, it did feel like, you know – TV kind of stuff, and it was also a huge chunk of downtime in an in a event where there was a lot of downtime. There was not a lot of wrestling on this show. Uh, it didn't feel particularly long, but it was it felt longer because of the lack of a lot of wrestling. But, uh, but yeah, this I did fucking laugh out loud because Austin Theory was doing his rock impression and. Um, He's saying, if you smell, and he never stops saying <laughs> smell as oh. <laughs> he takes the bump. And like, he gets, like, that was like, it almost redeemed Austin Theory in my eyes. Like, I, like, he's one, probably my most hated, like, WWE guy right now, probably because he was over pushed last year and he, like, clear Vince guy. But man, um, I'm coming around to him a little bit. Uh, this really helped. Yeah, motherfucker was just not getting ready to give up the mic until he ran to that turnbuckle. And like I said, to me, the, the Grayson Waller just look was like, you know, hey, I don't know what to tell you, homie. You, you on your own on this one. I was like, damn, you ain't going to help your boy. And then fast forward on uh, Monday night when they were interviewing Grayson Waller before Monday Night Raw's uh, match against Cody. He was like, you yeah, know, I was trying to help Austin the, the best I could. <laughs> Austin's face is like, nigga, what? Man, you ain't even move. I, I love the fact that they're two heels that are so arrogant that they think they're both great, but neither one of them are really that great. And now at some point I'm waiting for one or the other to turn on each other so that way they, they kind of cannibalize each other, but neither here nor there. I thought this was a pretty funny segment, but easily could have been saved for Monday Night Raw. Next up, you had the men's elimination chamber match. Drew McIntyre wins this match. I, I said it on Twitter as I was watching the match to see Drew win like this I don't necessarily have a I don't have a problem with it he's a heel it doesn't matter how the heel wins in his head but for him to complain about how others were using fuckery to win and then have him win by said fuckery was very very interesting especially at the end where Logan Paul 
comes back through the cage, or not comes through the cage, when the cage door was open, he uh, got eliminated by Orton, but then walks back through the cage and sucker punches Randy with brass knuckles to allow Drew McIntyre to win the match. This was the second time someone came through the cage. Obviously, the first time was AJ Styles jumping LA Knight uh, with the chair as Bobby Lashley was getting eliminated. Another, I'll just sidebar with Lashley, what I've always say about Lashley, he should have had a Roman Reigns match by this point. This was just as disappointing to see him getting bounced first uh, in the men's elimination, just as it was as to see Naomi get bounced first in the women's elimination. I'm not playing the race card. I ain't going to throw it out there. I'm just saying it's just disappointing. Nevertheless, AJ Styles the first to walk through the cage to drop somebody, Logan Paul being the second. I thought both were done pretty well. I like the Logan Paul one a little better. I, I didn't see that one coming, the first one with AJ Styles. I kind of was like, okay, why is it taking so long for Bobby Lashley to get out of the ring? Neither here nor there. I like, for me, I know that Bill said he liked the women's elimination chamber better. I like the men's elimination chamber better. To me, it was just better wrestled, more drama from the start to the finish, even though, to me, Drew McIntyre felt like the guy that was going to win it. You got some spinoff feuds coming out of this, obviously. Both elimination chambers felt like chalk, but... Um, Zach, what do you think about this match? Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, I, I agree with Jason. I think I liked it more than the women. But um, man, funniest thing in the world. Oh, man, we is, watched the motherfucker. I mean, damn. <laughs> funniest thing in the world is AJ Styles flying halfway across the world to interfere in a match. Um, I could just could not do it on Friday or Monday. <laughs> like, just uh, really. Like, that dude probably had four connecting flights um, just to yeah. make it to Perth. Yeah, I, yes, I mean, that's true. But Seth could have also just texted Cody, hey, dude, I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> you got that's this, true. right? <laughs> uh, I did I did really like how they did do some spinoffs, so it does seem like we're going to get AJ Styles versus LA Knight. It does seem like we're going to get Randy Orton versus Logan Paul. So, did you see uh, that all coming at all? Uh, no. If you did, you're lying. Well done. I picked I picked Randy because I thought. Oh yeah, that's um, right. That, that was another like kind of like potential like swerve it, going in. It seemed like Drew is telegraphed, um, and I guess maybe I just need to get used to the fact that they're not swerving us like they used to. The thing is, is that Randy Orton felt really far away from Logan Paul in the uh, in the story, and it's like we've talked about potential WrestleMania matches for both those guys, and we've never mentioned those two together. No. You know, it's like one of those things. Like when he did it, I was like, "Huh, son of a bitch!" I was like, "Okay, that's cool with that's me." That's a WrestleMania match. I was that's like, a WrestleMania match. Damn. God yeah. damn. So if you I was to get co- cute, you could throw KO in and make it a triple threat because it makes it. Tri- KO was desperate. Well, they say to wrestling's get- best when they they don't give you what you want, but they don't give you what you. Oh shit! Like you don't know you want it until they give, give it, it to, to you, you. You know, and you're like, oh fuck. So uh, yeah, that's cool. McIntyre going over was obvious. Um, didn't expect it to happen that way. So it's a creative finish, and I give him points for that. Yeah, for sure. And to me, like I said. The fact that he was harping on how things were going against him due to fuckery, 
he ain't harping on that shit no more. He was real, real. He was cheesing like a Cheshire cat on Monday night. <laughs> so it, I guess it all just depends on how things fall for you. And right now, things are falling well for <laughs> Drew McIntyre, just like Domino. Anything else stand out to you in that match, Zach? Uh, I mean, not really. I won't say it's like paced by numbers or anything, uh, but it was uh, it was pretty entertaining. Um, crowd was, you know, behind LA Knight. Uh, LA Knight came out last. That was interesting in the order of operations uh, as far as entrances go. Well, it's because he can do the least. Uh-uh, oh, no, I mean, he came out uh, last, like, in, in entrances. Like, I figured it'd be like Orton. Oh, that is that is interesting. I don't even think I clocked that. I did honestly. I probably did. I didn't until right now, and I don't. I don't think that much of it. I mean, LA Knight is you know that mid card, upper mid card guy. I needed to see him break through the the ceiling first before I start thinking of him more. I think you know well of him. I like him. I just you know in the WWE world he's kind of in the middle of this whole. You hierarchy. know what? L.A. Knight versus AJ Styles is a WrestleMania match too. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I would definitely want to see that motherfucker. That would be real interesting. Yeah, looking uh, starting to Shape cards starting nice. to get loaded. <laughs> the cards up pretty nice. There's only a few guys that we don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So what was next? Um, main event time, Nia Jax versus Rhea Ripley for the WWE Women's Championship. Uh, Rhea Ripley coming back home, being the hometown hero, did have to fight from underneath for uh, the majority of the match, but ultimately ends up pulling out the win to retain the title. This was fine. I get why it was the main event. For me, I would have switched the order and just had the men's elimination chamber as the main event. I get why they did it. It This just didn't feel like a true blue main event match. It bordered line, and this is just me, it bordered on a, a raw main event versus a elimination chamber main event. It just didn't feel. The build was good, but the match itself just felt too predictable. I knew what was going to happen. I was but just waiting for it. we finish. knew what was going to happen in all the matches, really. I mean, uh, there was a little bit of doubt, a, yeah, but I mean, this was everybody's Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. But the thing is, when you're talking about Rhea Ripley, and I keep thinking about WWE has all these new eyes on the on the program, right? Because people are tuning in. It's WrestleMania season. It's interesting. And um, when you have a chance to take someone like Rhea Ripley, who you've presented as a huge star, but maybe you got some new people watching, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm here to watch, you know, Cody Rhodes, or I'm here to watch... Uh, Drew McIntyre, or I'm here to watch The Fucking Rock, or Roman Reigns, and I'm tuning into WWE because an Elimination Chamber sounds cool. And you got a chance to make Rhea Ripley look like as big of a star as you possibly can. You take that chance 100 times out of 100. I can't believe I didn't see it coming. It's like, of course you put this on last. What you think, Zach? Yeah, I was not surprised that it was uh, the main event um, because she is an absolute star and it's her home country. Um, it was disappointing just in the sense of the opponent. Like if you're going to give her that big of a stage, give her that big of a main event, at least give her a better fucking dancing partner, man. Um, Cause Nia Jax just ain't it. Yeah. She's big and it's impressive for her to like go over a monster or whatever on her way to WrestleMania. I feel like that's a story that they tell a lot is you got to beat a big, person on your way to WrestleMania, but um, 
holy shit, man. Like even like, I don't know, like, uh, could have heated anybody up, heat up like a, a Zoe Stark or, you know, anything. Right. Um, because it's not like Nia Jax is a main event wrestler either. Jason, um, Jason is cracking up. Jason, where are you cracking up at? <laughs> I'm over here like, and I said it on Twitter, and that's what the funny part about it is. This is why I love wrestling because it's all subjective. We all look at the match, and we all see different things. I'm on Twitter like, you know, Nia Jax, you know, did pretty good. You know, I think she'll be a future champion someday. You know, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm giving her flowers. Zach's over here like, you know what? Fuck this bitch. I mean, he's right. <laughs> she ain't it. I'm not saying that she is a superstar. They got a, stack, they got a stacked roster, and they got Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax. Look, I'm not saying that she is top tier Do you superstar. remember when Nia Jax did that thing where she would get slammed and she would yell, my hole? <laughs> <laughs> it happened like one raw, maybe two raws, and she goes, My hole. And we were like, What the fuck? <laughs> I was at. She That's had to have lost a bet. She's ever been. <laughs> what? the most likable she's ever been. <laughs> I was at Tinder house and we were watching that episode and I'm like, what the fuck did she just say? It's easily one of her more memorable moments, not knocking uh, Becky's nose out of place. Anyway, uh, Rhea looked cool. Great crowd. Fun event. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about Raw because I thought the Gunther segment was very interesting. Because Gunther comes out, starts talking about Gable. They're doing something with Gable. He keeps talking about being WrestleMania season, so it looks like Gable's going to get some kind of match. Are they going to put Gunther in like a fatal four-way? And what was with the Judgment Day coming out? That's like a wet fart to me. They're the last people I want to see come out there and talk to Gunther. They're not going to do Imperium versus... Are they going to do Imperium versus uh, Judgment Day at WrestleMania? Put all the belts on the line? Whoa. <laughs> I mean, damn! I, I was not even—I was just taking, you know, point A and point B. Damian Priest comes out, talks some shit, says he wants Gunther's title. Okay, fair enough. Now, you know, if you want to throw uh, Sami Zayn into this mix, like we had talked before last week, he won against Nakamura. Chad Gable is talking that same WrestleMania shit. I've been saying Chad Gable's going to be the guy that beats Gunther. I didn't even think about a fatal four-way until you just said it. I was thinking Priest versus Gunther. Priest drops. Priest loses to Gunther, and then somehow he has to lose the tag titles beforehand so he can cash in that WrestleMania weekend. To me, Damian Priest cash in on WrestleMania weekend is what I'm looking for at this point. I'm not sure what he does before that. Zach, what do you think we're going to see? I think that's pretty smart because it gets uh, a multi-man. It gets more people on the card, too. And I never thought of it, but it's a way to get the title off Gunther without Gunther even losing. And then he can just catapult to the main event scene. Yeah, um, but you got to have Gunther lose, though, don't you? If, okay. You got it all built up. Okay. And I saw this on uh, on Twitter as a like a pr- perspective match. What if Sheamus comes back and beats Gunther? Nah, that, nah. I don't like that. Sheamus, like, those guys had those awesome matches, like, last year. But, like, I don't like it. I think the only. If I, Sheamus I, comes I'm back, fine. he's got to lose to Gunther. 
lose to him again. The IC title. Keep is the losing only that motherfucker. He's never had before. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the belt Sheamus is Let me take a dump on your take. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny because uh, that's exactly how I feel too. <laughs> he's fine. Like his time has passed, uh, but he was having those awesome matches. Uh, you know, there's two ways you can have like an up and comer get it. Like, you know, I still like the idea of like a broad breaker taking it off of him, or you can have like a really established guy, um, like a like a Jay Uso. That's not going to happen because you got Russell Jimmy or like a Sami Zayn or Sami something take it yeah. off of him and maintain the credibility of the title, and then and then that person puts over somebody, and you know, because the, the title's pretty. You know, I'd say it's like. Um, I don't know. It's 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 either tied for second or it's num- it's definitely number three at least as far as like give me a that company go. Give me a fatal four way with Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, Gunther, and Dom Mysterio. Give I me they got to throw Dirty Dom in there. Give me that fatal four way. <laughs> that crowd would be fucking electric. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> All four of those guys are good for their own shit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I'm a Dom guy. You, we all know I am. I would not be upset if Dom was a part of a fatal four way. He's clearly not going to win that in that scenario. But I would love to see him on the card again. Uh, anything else happened on Raw that's worth talking about? I'm sure there's something. Drew and Seth had their uh, their promo battle. Whatever. I thought that was uh, just interesting in the sense of the what if game. What if I'm right? What if I'm healthy? What you going to do now? So it, it, it plants a seed back into Drew McIntyre's mind where he was coming in, you know, feeling pretty good on top of the world or whatever. And now Seth dropped a little nugget back into his head, putting some doubt back into his mind. So I thought that was a pretty good It was good all right. Scene. No, I thought it was pretty good, man. What you think, Zach? Uh, yeah, um, the uh, the promo stuff, uh, yeah, that was totally fine. Um, Raw was uh, – I don't want to say like underwhelming. It was fine, but it's been pretty like really good lately. And uh, at least the shortened version that I watch on Hulu. And, um, this week I was just like kind of just keeping up with it. And um, all those motherfuckers yeah, totally had fine. just flown back from Australia. They were yeah, fucking I'm tired. Yeah, I'll, I'll I don't feel bad. Back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, I thought the ending with Heyman was just whatever, you know. You got to do something with Cody between now and yeah. wrestling. There's going to have to so. be a couple. This is this D is pluses. Hoop, yeah, this is the hoop jumper we're going to have to deal with to get it to WrestleMania. So that it, that is what it is. Um, McIntyre doing that punk thing at the Woo! beginning, sitting down yeah. Indian style God, in the middle man. of the ring was uh, that motherfucker doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Really Him good continuing stuff. Continuing to rip on Punk while Punk is not there to defend yeah, himself is phenomenal. It's 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 what heels are supposed to do. That's what you you kick that motherfucker when he down. When I just, he's in the dirt, you kick some more dirt on him and you stomp on the grave. That's what the heel is supposed to do. And giggle while he's doing it. Yeah, I just uh I hope that they get to finish the story between McIntyre and Punk before uh 
Punk like slaps JD McDonough backstage though, and he ends up on Impact and like <laughs> he's on Impact and by like July Fourth. I was thinking in my head, no, true. Like, they better get be able. They better be able to tell the end of this story because. Tick tick tick. tick yeah, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> that clock is ticking. That motherfucker ain't swollen any minute. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else about WWE main roster? Uh, no, no. So much to- stuff to get to. We have so much stuff to get to. Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer, dealer's choice. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to me, Dub. Just do the usual shit. Um, <laughs> I was say, what you mean, dealer's choice? Uh, this is, I'm prepped for it, but, uh, Rampage opened up with a freaking party match. Uh, a triple three-way trios match. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm dreading in top flight, Bounty Hunter, Brian Keith, Commander, and Pentel Zero Meadow, and Matt Seidel in private party. That was a party match. Um, it was a party I, match. I can't even remember who won. Don't care. It was a lot of fun. Pentel, uh, Brian Keith, and uh, yes. Commander won. Nice. Oh, good for them. Um, but uh, there was a backstage segment. Apparently, uh, Zach Knight is all elite, as if anybody cared. <laughs> uh, but it just seems like a, a favor to Soraya. Um, I don't know. He could be good. I've never, I've never watched him wrestle, but um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, they're just stacked with guys. I don't think he's going to be a big difference maker. He could be know. very good. I don't know who or what you're talking about. <laughs> this motherfuckers are just taking random shrapnel. <laughs> I mean, the last 10 minutes have just been motherfuckers just taking BFR shrapnel. Poor, poor Zach. Just he's, just na- <laughs> he's just naming people. I just don't. <laughs> he like, could have made that name up. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was the brother of Soraya, man. Now, why was he? Why would he lie about something like that? I didn't know Soraya. I mean, I assume she had brothers. Jesus I know that that movie. I never seen it. God damn! Dude. You didn't watch the movie? No, nah, I didn't watch the movie. Mm, it's actually, I mean, it's not bad. It's not great, but I mean, Florence Pugh does a pretty good job. It's, um, I'm sure it's a WWE movie, so I'll leave it at that. It's like a high production WWE movie. I mean, Rock's in it. Vince Vaughn's like, you know. Like co-star, pretty good. Um, anyway, um, I don't have time for movies, man. I'm watching Jungle Boy come out and threaten Shota Uno. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got time for movies. I'm gonna say this bitch motherfucker about to get smoked. We're marking out. <laughs> I, watch, um, I watch like ten movies a week. <laughs> and he can't watch that one. I feel like I'm spending some time here on uh, Rampage, but it was pretty newsworthy. Um, Young Bucks uh, came out, beat some jobbers, and then hilariously, like, they were just leaning into this EVP gimmick so hard. Uh, they wanted to apologize to Tony Schiavone because um, Nick said, uh, sorry, Nicholas said that he tripped and accidentally knocked him down, uh, even though they definitely were about to give him a, an EVP trigger. Oh, yeah. And, um, then Matthew says, uh, to show you how sorry we are, we got you this $25 Amazon gift card, which is the most corporate thing that you could ever do. Um, man, that was so good. Um, but yeah, they said, just like uh, you saying you can call us Father Time, because just like Father Time, we're undefeated and we're coming for you. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Um, <laughs> I was like, these motherfuckers talking that shit. 
And Mariah May versus Anna Jay in a match that turns Jungle Boy into Jungle Man. Um, every Jungle Boy turned into a Jungle Man watching that one. Um, <laughs> and um, that's about uh, that's about it for, for news on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, what do we got for Collision? Saturday night's all right for fighting. Started out wild. I'm going um, to tell you. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Sammy Guevara. Um, I mean, no DQ match. Um, Sammy Guevara is crazy. Um, <laughs> that's all you got to say. Like, I mean, that dude is crazy. Like, I mean, props to him. Very punchable face. Um, very hot wife. Easy guy to hate. But, man, if he doesn't just go out there and give it his all every single time. Did senton from, like, a ladder that was in the ring through a table to the outside. And then, like, not even five minutes later, Hobbs is, like, on the offensive and ends up finishing the match by doing, like, a, a slam from the top rope through a table. Um, bonkers stuff. But uh, pretty fun way to open a show. Samuel Guevara coming out and having that match after almost killing Jeff Hardy last week is like when uh, people were like, man, Quentin Tarantino makes movies that say the N-word too much and they're too violent against women. And he's like, oh, yeah? And then he comes out with the Hateful Eight (laughs) (laughs) where they say the N-word like 400 times and the ending is two men hanging a woman who was the villain the whole time. Just leaning into it. That's Sammy Guevara having this match. I'll say this, and if when I saw this match, I initially groaned because I was like, man, what the fuck? You know, this is going to be some bullshit. By the end, I was just like, I felt bad for Sammy Guevara because, I mean, he did everything he could possibly do in this match physically, and it, I don't think he's coming out any better than he did coming into this match. They cannot get this man over for shit. Fans just will not invest in him. They like you said, your description of Guevara uh, three beer was on point, and I think that's the biggest fucking problem with Sammy right now. Yeah, hard to cheer for a guy who's got everything going for him. Um, <laughs> but um, that a typically good promo with Moxley and Claudio backstage cutting mm-hmm. a promo on FTR, um, basically saying they weren't happy with a with a time limit draw. Um, then we had a match with FTR who were not in the main event. Um, usually FTR is like a 25 minute tag match in the main event. That was not the case because we had a Brian Danielson match that was very good. But um, they faced uh, Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty. Um, I mean, FTR is, when I think of Collision, I think of FTR, and they really do a lot to carry this show. It's not the A show because Dynamite is where most of the angles happen. Um, there's some damn solid wrestling and FDR is usually a big part of it. So props, props to them. Uh, what'd you guys think? Um, one of the matches where I, I was just curious to see how this unfolded. No way in hell Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty was going to win this match. We knew this, but can they look good in this match? Look credible, possibly going forward as a team, if they wanted to go that route would be the issue. I like both Shane and uh, Lee Moriarty. I thought they did pretty well here. Uh, a couple of hiccups here or there, but I mean, nothing that is uh, the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. But just FTR is just so fucking good. They made these guys look really good, and I think that was to me 
the the question coming in, can FTR elevate Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty? And they did it. So this match ended up being one of those where I was like, okay, let's just see what happens to where by the end I was like, all right, you know, I didn't feel like this was time wasted. So props going out to all four guys. FTR winning, no surprise, because obviously they have a BCC coming up on Sunday. Um, cool. Uh, then we had, sorry, let me pull up my notes here. Um, oh, Thunder Rosa versus, uh, Lady Smith Black Mombasa. No, sorry. Uh, Lady Bird Monroe. Um, you ain't shit, nigga. <laughs> sorry. God damn. Uh, I'm saying, I, I never yeah. heard this woman in my, in my life. You just disrespect her name. First time on BFR. Come on, man. This is the first time she was on the show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Thunder Rosa gets the win she's uh she said uh straight up said i'm climbing the ladder so i mean makes sense she never lost the title might as well um she's not wrestling as good as she was pre-injury but um she is a viable contender she's a good wrestler so she you know i think that's uh a fine match to contend for whichever title she wants to contend for when she gets there can i say ask a question are we, yeah. are we ever getting Britt baker back is she done because i mean this feels like the time if there is, if there was ever a time for Britt Baker to come back, Thunder Rosa's back. This has put both of them on the AEW map. Wouldn't I think, this be the time? Uh, I'm, I'm almost positive. Like we're gonna get like this is this is me. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I have no idea why she was gone for so long, or you know, like whatever. I don't know the plans. But if it was me, I would have uh, Mercedes like when she does her debut. I, she shouldn't come in and like you know get a title match right off the bat, even though she's Mercedes. She comes out, does her debut, and then Britt comes out uh, as a big return and gets in her face because it really is like when you think of women's division AEW, Britt Baker is it. Um, she just is, um, even though she's been gone for months. I still think of that as like her division. So that would be what I would do. Maybe that's what Tony's holding off for. He wants a big return face off as your two biggest stars, even though neither one of them are champions. What do you think? Shit. I was about to say, when you presented that scenario, I, I, my head kind of was bobbed back or whatever. I was like, oh, shit. You know? It's a way to, <laughs> it's a, it's a way to elevate the whole division. Uh, with names, but I mean, I, it ultimately boils down to what Tony does with these names. I mean. But, the, I mean, what, what I'm saying is that not putting Mercedes in the in the title picture right away. Uh, gives you two big feuds, two big women's feuds going at the same time. Tony Storm versus whoever, and Britt Baker and Mercedes Monet. I, I need yeah, to see. I need to see Tony do that first before I, I jump on. Give board. me the pencil. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Soraya, uh You know, she could be. Then Mercedes can beat Soraya because mm-hmm. didn't uh, didn't Soraya get injured in Sasha match? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's they true. Can reference that. No, let's not. Um, <laughs> then uh, the less the less spoken about this, the better. Right. So we gotta mention the freaking Bang Bang Scissor Gang versus uh, the Iron Savages. Absolute um, fucking. <laughs> <bullshit>. <laughs> two two things happened here. Uh, the, the worst, what, probably the worst spot in the history of AEW uh, where we get a fame asser that turns into a face bump 
and then the guy stands up and does a backflip over the top rope. Um, and uh, we had a let's go Colton chant. I don't know which one was worse, but. Shit, if you got to ask. Uh, don't, forget, <laughs> don't forget about Max Caster forgetting his oh, rap. On- <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And Max Caster forgot his rap. I mean. Just just sloppy fucking unprofessional bullshit. <laughs> Dude, it was unprofessional bullshit. Man. And then he just put Man, you gotta yank him off TV after a while for that. You're like, dude, this is your whole thing. Like you've been you've been goofing off for four months acting like MJF's fucking uh fanboy. You're playing off stuff that's only on Twitter. You only got two thousand eight two thousand followers. Oh, ain't no big shit. deal. Nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Like, dude, this is why no one watches AOL Blast. <laughs> man fuck the bang bang scissor gang this is terrible it's terrible the acclaimed are terrible i'm back to thinking they're terrible no dude <laughs> <laughs> they are they're terrible oh hang on hang on hang on, hang on. i'm back to it hang on let's, let's everybody come off the ledge a little bit i'm not saying that they fuck are them. <laughs> hang on man Listen, listen to how bad I think the acclaim sucks. Oh, Jesus. They are bringing the ass boys down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to try to be the voice of reason here for 30 fucking seconds. Okay. This is the, the Matt Caston rap part. I will give you that. He dropped the ball. Fair enough. But the booking is the problem. This is not their fault. They are in a scenario where nobody cares. Yeah, but they're doing what they want to be doing. All all these guys except You think Jay White wants to be in the bang bang scissor game? No, but I think the acclaimed I think the acclaimed think it's funny. I think the acclaimed probably think it's cool because they're losers. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Max Caster was like anybody's like annoying little cousin who like runs into a room and is like hey listen and then everybody listens and they're like they don't have anything to he's say like Pat- they just want the attention <laughs> yeah he's like Patrick Mahomes little brother <laughs> <laughs> what's that motherfucker's name uh Jackson Jackson, I think. Yeah, I think Jackson right. Mahomes. Oh my That's god, what he that acts motherfucker! Like. Okay, now talk about a motherfucker you don't like and a punchable face. Shit, check and check. I would love to see that motherfucker get that work. <laughs> Can we get Twitter or something to try to get to make sure that Matt Ca- Max Caster hears this? <laughs> <laughs> you can rap about us all you want to, man. You just got to finish that shit. That whole thing was a train wreck. It was the one of the hardest things to watch. And for me, I, what, what's the date? February 29th, 2024? Shit. Worst angle feud of the year. It is the Bang Bang Scissors Gang. Lock it up. Italicize that shit. Yeah. Grave it. It's, it like minus, it's like minus 10,000 Oh, my Vegas. God. It is, it, there is nothing that anybody can do in the in pro wrestling world that could be worse than this. It's dragging everybody now. Minus Billy Gunn five can't do nothing with this. Minus five stars. <laughs> uh, we had uh, Malachi Black in his first singles match since 2022, I think. Um, they said what they say. Like this, he was been undefeated in a singles match for three and a half years. I'm like, man, listen yeah, me to- too. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy to even think about. I'll give you injury. I'll give you that. The rest of this is just unacceptable. He should have had at least one singles match in that in the just in the AEW time. Okay. Well, I remember he did go home whenever Triple H took over creative too. He tried to leave. So I'll, uh, three and a half years. Come on, man. I would have kept that that, that stat in my pocket. <laughs> who's yeah, more who's uh, more underused, Malachi Black or Miro? Miro, he ain't even on TV. Last time I checked, shit. CJ turned on uh, Andrade, and that was it. We ain't seen him since. We've seen Andrade. Good question. <laughs> nah, 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 I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. That's uh, easy dunk on did Andrade. You, did, you skip the, did you skip the Brian Danielson promo where he made fun of Eddie Kingston <laughs> about I his did. promos? He's like, oh, there's the boom. He's like, there's the mic. There's the cameras. That was really good. As he started doing that, I was like, Bill is somewhere smiling. I loved it. (laughs) It just proves that Brian Danielson listens to the podcast. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm dying. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, After this uh, match, Mark Briscoe uh, came out. Lights went out. Mark Briscoe came out. so uh, we've got, you know, more Mark Briscoe, House of Black oh, um, stuff. Mark. Um, you got to come with more than one man. Shit. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, Serena Deeb beat Lady Frost. Um, not much to say here, except Serena Deeb seems like she's also climbing the ranks. Um, she's going to be getting the title match soon. Uh, and then we had Brian Danielson versus Yu Nakayama, which was awesome. Uh, and Eddie Kingston on commentary was also awesome. Uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, such a Junakiyama fan, that was part of the story. He also was calling like Junakiyama spots almost before he was like doing them. It was fucking great. Like he was, he was just like this super fan, and uh, you tell Daniels was out there having a lot of fun. And they did a great job of like telling the story here. Of I feel like sometimes AW can get rightfully criticized because they will do stuff just expecting the hardcore audience to know who people are and to know histories. But they like told you who Junakiyama was. They told you like why Danielson wanted to wrestle him. They brought it all into the, the story between Danielson and uh, Eddie Kingston. And uh, at the end they did an angle where uh, Danielson shook Akiyama's hand, but then turned around and flipped. Eddie Kingston off. Akiyama didn't like that. He slapped Danielson. Uh, and then Danielson seemed like he apologized. Then he low blowed June Akiyama. And that was a big heel move. Um, got Eddie Kingston's rile up. So um, super, super cool ending. Um, I don't know. It was a big marquee match, but it was definitely something that I uh, thoroughly enjoyed as a main event to Saturday Night Wrestling Show. Jason. Depending on how big of a mark you, you truly are, this was, you know, a, a big time match, or just you know, a borderline dream match. Like I said, just depending on a, how big of a mark you are. Um, not too familiar with uh, Junakiyama, but I do know the name. I've seen a handful of matches, so I was genuinely curious to see how this was going to unfold. I love the match. Uh, the post match shenanigans was just on point. Uh, it's hard to hate Brian Danielson, but he, I think he's one of the the better heels in wrestling and he proved it once again here 
low blowing uh, Akiyama after the match. I didn't necessarily see coming, but it was perfect. It got Eddie in the ring, and then the next thing you know, all hell breaks loose. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> match was great. The post-match was the cherry on top. Uh, Brian Danielson matches always deliver. Um, it was a cool match. I'm going to be uh, kind of a downer about it, though, I think. Uh, well, not a downer about it. I mean, I enjoyed the match, and I guess you're kind of damned if you do or you're damned if you don't. Because I'm sitting here thinking, man, I watch a lot of fucking wrestling. And I, and I think that I know a lot about wrestling. Testify. And I've never heard of this dude, you know? And that's I guess that's on me. I don't know. I feel like I do a lot of work well, to watch mean, a lot of wrestling. I mean, He's not really been like a big star since like we've started the podcast. Like he was much like much more like, you know, twenty, thirty years ago, like all Japan, so I mean don't feel bad. Right. It just seems to me like a strange match to close it out. Like am I gonna watch it? Yes. I watch everything. You better watch this shit. I don't know <laughs> if if they are trying to Garner ratings, though, it just doesn't seem like the way to do it. I don't care how Tony Khan spends his money. I'm happy to watch it. It just seems it just seemed kind of weird to me. I mean, it's not like even people, more people have heard of Ishii, you know? And so when you have him versus Orange Cassidy, that's one thing. I don't know. This guy, it's like, okay. And then on Wednesday, you have Jericho fight uh, his buddy's kid. It's like, wait a minute. What are we doing here? <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with either or match. I mean, I, I want to watch all the matches, of course. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Like, I, WWE is so fucking hot, and it's like they're not even – they're just – they're sitting there in neutral. I think this was part of Danielson's checklist of guys he wanted to, to wrestle. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't necessarily have a problem with, you know, the – ultimately it got back to where it needed to go, and that was the build for uh, – Eddie Kingston and Danielson for Sunday night. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I get what you're saying. You you just had to go do a YouTube being, search for Jun Nakayama. Yeah, I get that. I know. You got to do a YouTube search for him. Okay, I get that part. But I don't think this was – This is this Man, is I the got most, movies to watch. This isn't the most egregious <laughs> use of talent by Tony Khan. Okay, <laughs> let's go that route. All right. Uh, okay, Zach. All right, uh, Dynamite opened, um, Hangman Page went into the ring, um, <laughs> and then... I'm like, you motherfucker, I'm like, you ain't shit. You think you fooling motherfuckers. <laughs> and uh, Swerve came out, and man, like, uh, what a babyface pop. I mean, the fans are behind Page. Uh, you know, they're chanting cowboy shit. Uh, he was a babyface here for at least a, a moment. Um, <laughs> and then Swerve came out, got a fantastic reaction. And, I mean, he was even like, even in his promos, he was still the cocky swerve, but he was like, it was a very baby face kind of promo. He's like, man, he's like, I've been trying to kill you. You've been trying to kill me. He's like, I might have like overstepped some, you know, like. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, it's the only baby face promo that includes the words, I threatened harm on your infant son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, he's really, I mean, he's admitting it. Okay. You know? I, would, I couldn't have laughed so hard through a, a part of a promo that felt that felt like it was supposed. You know to what? He's he still has shoot. not. I mean, kayfabe style. He still has not apologized for Prince Nana eating those blueberries. Man, that is a fucking violation. <laughs> that is a violation, and amends need to be made. Okay. Well, I think he got Maybe. it this week. <laughs> 
maybe he sent him an Instacart, you know. <laughs> but uh, Another man eating your wife's blueberries. Okay, that pushed him over the edge. Rubbing your rhubarb. Samoa Joe comes out to another babyface reaction. Um, we really have, like, uh, you know, Samoa Joe, like, people, like, he's another guy who's, like, kind of technically on the heel side, but, like, people fucking love him, and he's so good in this role, like, as top guy, like, you know, it's really reminding me of, like, he was, like, an unbeatable force, like, in NXT um, whenever he was the champion, right? Like, he's really good at being a top guy oh, champion. Man. He was awesome in NXT. I forgot about that. So good. Like, you see him as a fucking him and world Ballard. beater. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, and so, um, anyway, I this is all to say that we are getting a three-way. Um, that was the angle, uh, you know. <laughs> Hangman actually hits Swerve with the crutches and says, you know, you're not going to get this title. Uh, but Joe's just out there saying, like, I don't care if it's one of you or both of you. I've beaten both your asses. And the crowd's like, yeah, you are. You're fucking awesome. You're going to beat them both. And uh, okay. I I mean, not to get, not to spoil any, like, predictions, uh, but uh, I would not take this title off Joe on Sunday. It's, it's, we got predictions coming up. It's, it could go a bunch of different ways, just a bunch of different ways. It's It really feels like a toss-up between all three, a little bit of a spoiler for me. But, yeah, uh, we, we can uh, talk about that later. Uh, and then more uh, EVP stuff uh, with the Young Bucks. Um, they basically spend the entire uh, show walking around looking for Sting. They've got white baseball bats. Um so we'll see them throughout. But um, we had a fucking awesome trios match with um, the with Eddie Kingston uh, and FTR versus Blackpool Combat Club. And we had Danielson, uh, like, putting Eddie Kingston to sleep, which, uh, I mean, the match was really fun. I feel like maybe it telegraphed Kingston going over. Yeah, that, uh, that was... Because yeah, is that, that what you thought too? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, I wish they wouldn't have done that because it seems almost too obvious now. Um, now they could surprise us again. What do you think, Jason? I was honestly, as the match was unfolding and, it, and as wild as the match was getting in and out of the ring, I was like, okay, this is going to be another draw because you you don't want anybody to get pinned in this scenario. You want to keep. The match was long. That's why I was thinking this was going to be a draw, and because it just kept get, just dragging. Everybody was kicking out of finishers, all kinds of crazy high spots, and yeah. all this shit. So Say like, this okay. about FTR, man. They got cardio. Those motherfuckers do yeah. not go out there for less than twenty minutes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and that's starting with bell to bell, with the uh, the anvil and ha- hammer spots. That's when I was like, okay, this something's getting ready to happen. I just didn't. Eddie Kingston losing that match was the last thing I thought was going to happen. Me too. Because he's the he's the one champion of anybody in that match, and I thought you would protect him in that scenario, and clearly they didn't. Danielson should have shook his hand while he was asleep. Dude! <laughs> <laughs> so fucking awesome, Dude, man. Dude, I'd have been on the goddamn floor if he did that shit. That's that's a great call. He sure should have did that shit, and that that just got him even more. Well, I mean, we Dude. you know we we established that Danielson listens to the pod, so <laughs> I was gonna say you can have that one for free, Brian. So mad. <laughs> Dude, if Danielson cuts a promo and Eddie Kingston ends with "Come find me," 
I'm you done. know. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. I will be one of the motherfuckers on the uh the bench like the uh the old Brooklyn Nets and shit. Just <laughs> <laughs> He said his line. He said I mean, his line. I'm a married man with a child. That would be the highlight of my life. <laughs> Good thing we got the door closed and outside. I mean, I would <laughs> I would get it memorialized. I'd like commission a painting. <laughs> Fuck Don Callis. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Take over, Tubier. We go now, going off the direct. Uh, Will Ospreay has his first showing as a full time talent in AEW, and um, yeah, he's out there. Uh, basically, this is a huge baby face. The fans love him, but he is in the Don Callis Society. Um, Basically, Don Callis describing this as uh, Michael Jordan and Scotty Pimpin going going hard against each other in practice. But uh, it's really, funny that neither Osprey nor Takeshita probably understood that reference. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think either one of them were Bulls fans in the nineties. No, but um, uh, so um, it is interesting. Uh, I mean, I like the interplay here. Everybody was very cool. There's obviously some rivalry with Takeshita. I think that match is going to be, you know, maybe the best match on the goddamn show. Um, but It's the it one is... I'm looking forward to the most. It's Osprey, man. Exactly. Osprey had, and... Osprey had 12 no. match of the year contenders last year, Hang and this on, year man. he's already got two. Hang on, man. Takeshita <laughs> cannot be disrespected in this matter. No, I know, I but Osprey gets uh, Osprey is everybody's best match. I get so it. So Takeshita, Takeshita it's going to be Takeshita too. It's Takeshita is not to be slept on. That's I'm not I'm sleeping going. on him. He's no, go- I think you're saying that's why he's so excited to Yeah, because because it's going to awesome be Takeshita's best match and Takeshita his bar is fucking through the roof. Okay, that's So I'm saying you are you have the best wrestler in the world versus a guy that can fucking go who is a freak? I, I have this as a potential match of the year candidate. Oh that's man, how, it's going to be fucking legit. That's how deep I'm going down this rabbit hole. Yes, I think the only only thing better is if you would add Daddy Magic to the mix. That, I mean, <laughs> is he wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. God damn it! Uh, now that's entertainment. <laughs> I'd love to get that as a drop. <laughs> Zach doing Matt Menard saying that. <laughs> oh, just layers there. Um, uh, but uh, another or an Eddie Kingston promo, which is not the typical Eddie Kingston promo because the young bucks interrupt it, um, and uh, they've they've got their bats. Uh, Kingston played this off uh, pretty well, but he just basically stormed off, kind of interrupted us. They're just wandering around. Um, we had uh, Orange Cassidy versus Nick Wayne. Um, this was pretty good. Um, I think that they could do a better match. Um, kind of was like placement on the show, um, or if they were just like, I don't know, necessarily say holding back, but I think these two guys could really blow the roof off if they were, you know, given the time. I also didn't time this. I don't know if it was. Just a length issue, but uh, it was good while it lasted. But of course, Orange Cassidy won. Listen, I make a lot of fun of Nick Wayne being out there, and I do think that it some that I'm I do think that because he's so young, that it doesn't look very major league. Um, however, that is really selling short that this dude is 18 years old and he's already this fucking good. Like it's 
I mean, he has he has virtually no limit to how good he can be because he is learning on TV in matches with the best guys in the world, and he's learning a fucking lot. And I mean, he could be the next Osprey for sure. In three years, in three years, he'll be 21. <laughs> that means yeah. he's got three years before he's 21 where he gets to be on TV doing shit like this. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he gets through those, you know, young, dumb, and full of cum years and doesn't end up, you know, uh, derailing somewhere because he's he, got to drink Diet Mountain Dew in the airport. He can't even have a beer. Yeah. That's a goddamn shame, boy. <laughs> You think fuck? that motherfucker's drinking Diet Mountain Dew? <laughs> this, this motherfucker doing, He's a Baja Blast guy if I've ever seen one. <laughs> this motherfucker doing cutters off the top and shit. He can't even have a goddamn beer afterwards. Um, yeah, right. Uh, Bill stole a taste my thunder. is real the streets. <laughs> Bill kind of stole my thunder on uh, Nick Wayne as I was watching the match. I was like, you know, you, we can't really see it now, but in two or three years, like you said, I think we'll really see. I mean, he's already pretty fucking good. We'll see the fruits of the this labor right now. So, I mean, obviously. Have you guys watched his Defy stuff? I haven't, but I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I've seen him in a swerve. Uh, those two matches, but I haven't seen like a library of his shit. That doesn't surprise me, dude. I mean, he can go. He's like you said, he's eighteen. So I mean, he's got yeah. time. Uh, this I've was just a... since he was like sixteen. Like since I moved out here and tried to catch some of those Defy shows uh, online, I've never gone to one there in Seattle. Uh, they also sell out super fast. But uh, yeah, Swerve, Darby Allen, Osprey. Um, yeah, he's he's. He, I mean, them so, signing so, him. So Defy is, is like Seattle's local promotion. Gotcha. Kenta's the champion. Yeah. Kenta? Yep. Uh, right now, um, Nick Wayne was champion. Um, but, uh, yeah, like uh, Swerve was champion. Darby Allen's the champion. Um, they're, both, they're all Seattle people. So that's why right. they're up there. But uh, they, they do Portland every now and then. Um, not with the big names, though. Um but, uh, but yeah, it's a good show. Anyway, sorry for the distraction. Uh, Chris Statlander wrestled Sky Blue, and uh, Sky Blue went over. This was pretty surprising. A uh, pretty decent match, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of an upset here. That uh, Canadian Destroyer, from that Canadian Destroyer on, I watched this match. Didn't even second screen. It wasn't even looking at my phone. I was just watching, and uh, thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought it was a cool, like, last two minutes of the match for sure. Uh, they were both b- pulling off big power moves with lots of speed. Uh, so I was a fan. Um, I'd, I'll just say this. As entertaining as I like Stokely, Widow, Willow, and Chris Statlander to be, it's not nearly as entertaining as I would hope, and it's kind of – bringing down Chris Statlander, and I'm not even a huge Chris Statlander guy. You know, I'm more of a Will guy in this scenario. But Will is already not necessarily being booked very well, so that's neither here nor there. That's par for her course since the middle of 2023. For Chris Statlander, she's gone from beating Jade to now in a feud that doesn't necessarily seem like it has much of the direction. So for her, I, I kind of feel bad for where it's going on. Sky blue is sky blue, you know, good for her. She got the dub here by nefarious means. 
I'm not mad about that. I'm just, like I said, for me, I'm more concerned with uh, Willow and Chris Statlander. They both got talent, and the fact that they're not being booked in a manner as such is, uh, I'll just say it's disappointing. I think it's weird that they are baby faces with a heel manager, but it is entertaining, but it's weird. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the eye couple scenario. And, uh, and, you know, I get that. It's just it needs to be. I'm kind of cool with them trying shit. It doesn't make any sense when you're watching. It's like, why are they hanging out with Stoke the Hathaway? Exactly. Okay, <laughs> so he he helped Willow cheat. He cost you the match. So at this point, why are we even hanging with you? Stokely Hathaway is money, though. Oh, no, without question. He <laughs> should be on TV more often. But His this character just is it. funny. Oh, they, he was like when he was getting ready you know to what? say hose or whatever. I'd let him eat off? my wife's blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, man. Hang on. So let me Come get on in, straight. Stoke. Hang on, man. You're you going to let Stoke over Prince Nana? Dude, I'm not letting Prince Nana. Prince Nana can't get within 100 yards of a school. <laughs> Not letting that motherfucker in my house. Fuck that. I guess I don't have a school or the kids to worry about down where I'm at. So fair enough. Go ahead, three beer. Yeah, you but if you if you know a dude's not allowed within a hundred yards of a school, you probably don't want to hang out with him anyway, though, right? I just want to smoke weed. You act like you, know, <laughs> you act like we we gonna hang, hang. No, man, I just want to smoke. Smoking smoke the dart outside the bar with a guy. We're bullshitting. That's it. We go our separate ways after this. I need 15 minutes. Got to get 15? Ain't none of my business. <laughs> uh, more EVP stuff. Uh, they go into Sing's dressing room with a bunch of baseball bats hanging from the ceiling. Um, and it was all pink, weird. which is, uh, I think that's a reference to True Detective Season 3. There's a fucking, fucking really weird scene where they walk into a room and it's all pink. And I, I maybe not, but that's a, that's what it reminded me of. The room wall they is pink? Be. Yeah, I, it just, it looked really creepy and it reminded me, it's like a really shocking scene okay. in the True Detective Season I, 3. I clearly was not paying that That was That was the reference that, I thought that was the reference. Uh, maybe that's not what they were going for, but that's what I thought of. Okay. But we had Chris Jericho versus Atlantis Jr. I do like them having more CMLL, CMLL guys on the show. Um, this was pretty clunky overall. Uh, they did tell us a little bit of a story. They showed us clips of Jericho and Atlantis um, from 30 years ago when Jericho was in CMLL. Um, but uh, I don't think Atlantis Jr. works uh, American style very often. Um even though he worked, you know, Friday night Mexico, so he used to wrestle in front of big crowds and stuff. But um, yeah, there were some some clunky spots in here, um, not particularly great. Jericho gets him in the walls. Jericho and uh, Atlantis throws him the towel um, for his baby boy. Doesn't want to see his baby boy. Um, I mean, get hurt. Um, I yeah, this was I, yeah this I could have. This is definitely different than the Akiyama. Yeah, it it's different. And maybe comparing the two wasn't fair of me. But this seems like I, you know maybe Jericho, maybe Tony Khan thinks so much of Jericho and all the help that Jericho has given that when Jericho asked for something like this, Tony Khan's initial reaction is like loyalty, and he's like, "All right," he's like, "You're my guy. Go ahead. Yes, you can have this match on TV." At the same time, when I'm watching this match, I'm like, "Where the fuck is Roosh?" Where the fuck is fucking uh, Shane Taylor? 
You know, where the fuck is Brian Cage? Like, where the fuck is Buddy Matthews, Brody King? Like, these guys can't get matches on TV? Trent Beretta can't get a match on TV? That's, I mean, that's, when I watch this, I'm like, why are we doing this? And Jericho, man, Jericho's starting to look old. Yeah, um, he's on TV way too much. I, he's not on this pay-per-view uh, unless he's in that. Yet. Yeah, you're right. He's not on that pay-per-view yet. But, um, Jason. I, I did not expect that take, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. There's there's so many better ways you could use this time, and I get the the wants of others to have, you know, these matches or whatever. I expected the, the to this this match to be better than it was. Uh, clunky is a, is a nice word. I was not even going to go with that. I was just going to say that this was just downright disappointing. But I had high expectations, not high expectations, but just I, I expected a lot better than what we got. Um, from that point, I couldn't agree with you more. The list of guys that you named that could be getting chances, Malachi Black, I, I'll just throw him out there because he had his first singles match. You know, Man, there's the a bunch of guys I'm missing, too. Yeah. A I mean, bunch of guys. You know, and, Matt I mean, Menard? Yeah. <laughs> but you ultimately, you, you get the point. Um this was not anybody from the party match with open <laughs> rampage. Yeah, I was gonna say there's yeah, a, there's other guys that could be using this time, but you know Jericho's Jericho, so you you know you do what you do with it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the main event angle was, um, you know, we're going into Sting's retirement match, so they did um, main event the show with the main event angle and what's the probably going to be the main event of the entire pay per view. Uh, which is, uh, and man, what a pay-per-view it is shaping up to be. But uh, basically, uh, Nicholas and Matthew are beating the shit out of Darby Allen. Um, and i not going to lie, this is an uh, early candidate for markout moment of the year. I was going to say, <laughs> I bet you went nuts, I dude. Say, as soon as it I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, my, thoughts, my thoughts went right to Zach. Oh, I was yeah, like, Zach's sure. loving this shit. <laughs> I'm oh, like, man. don't you drop this motherfucker. I couldn't stop smiling. Like, uh, it was so funny. And like, not like all day or anything, but just like in the few minutes that I was watching it, I, was, I realized it about myself that I was just sitting there smiling watching the tv and if like my wife would have come in she would have been like what is going on with you um but yeah so much fun he comes down from the rafters um just old school you know beats him up with the bats and uh yeah um we are going to have quite the show on sunday what you think about this jason it was classic Sting. It, Sting, uh, I was listening to uh, Busted Open Radio this morning. They were doing a WCW Mount Rushmore of uh, of the wrestlers, um, and Sting was one of the guys that were just universally Was named. Goldberg on it? Some people did name Goldberg, yeah. which is not a huge surprise, but, you know, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I was like, hey man, hey, you know, go ahead and say Goldberg. Fuck Ric Flair, right? You know, fuck Lex Luger, fuck Sting. We're gonna say Goldberg. Anyway, this is just it goes back to Sting's one of Sting's greatest Psychosis, moments. Blitzkrieg, <laughs> Glacier, and Goldberg. Let's go and him coming out the rafters, I did not expect to see coming, but I would be lying if I did not, did not was like, okay, you know what? This is cool. I like the fact that they threw it back a little bit. I was a little 
apprehensive about him coming down, but he made it safely. Ultimately, that's what happened, and that was the most important thing. From that point, I was like, all right, let's sting whoop these five motherfuckers and let's go to the fucking revolution. As soon as I, I- – I'm guessing everybody else saw it coming too, right? Like as soon as Darby Allen's taking that beating, I'm like, Sting's coming down from the rafters. No, I, I knew he, it. Oh, I knew he was coming out. I, I just, just knew it was coming out of the rafters. Um, yeah, it, it was. Of course, it was cool. I'm, I don't have the Sting love or the the history with Sting that that most people do, but um, yeah, it was very cool. I think the most the most standout <laughs> the most standout thing from this whole segment uh, were Flair's worked punches. <laughs> <laughs> they were. <laughs> They were really something, oh, man. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Flair coming down. Oh, I, yeah. I, I did, too. Purposefully so. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Why are you doing this to me? He just shouldn't be He shouldn't be out there doing that shit. No. What a swerve, though. I really thought he was going to have the Young Bucks back. Now, that, oh, my God. No, I would be lying if I said I wasn't swerved it's, with that. He, he had to throw five punches before I realized that he had turned on them. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought he was just kind of palling around with him. <laughs> Hang on, man. Hang on. <clears throat> you ain't shit. God bless him. God bless him. It was it was bad. That's why I just turned away. I was like, stop, dude. I, I have to. Willie Mays you. tripping over his feet in center field for the Mets. <laughs> God damn, Flair. Come on, dude. Say, <laughs> just stop. <sighs> Shit. No more Rick. I won't say that. But just if he is out there on Sunday, he cannot physically get involved. No. Someone's got to say no down. to him. <laughs> Please. I'll do it. He, Give him the number. Nobody's ever said no to Flair. <laughs> Give me his number. His entire <laughs> life. <laughs> I will Somebody's got to say no to him once. Motherfucker. Except when I'm his s- parents <laughs> sold him on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I guess there was that. It's Poor not bastard. even shrapnel anymore. Nah, I feel bad. Now it's feel. This feels like bullets. So, <laughs> shit. Anyway, good for Flair. God bless him. Or I mean, he's a living legend. He's the best to ever do it. Oh my god! Just um, okay, we got a bunch more AEW coming uh, later with the prediction. So let's get to that three count. Like knee on the matrix and shit, just like. <laughs> Okay, we got to get down to brass tacks about uh, the NJPW New Beginning uh, nights on the 23rd and the 24th of February because this was a very newsworthy, very strange two nights of wrestling. Just extremely strange that led all the way up to the main event on night two between Sonata and Okada for the belt. Uh, uh, had, hang on, man. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh-uh. No. They had one of the strangest, no, 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 just no, no. worst we, we five don't, minutes. We don't, we don't claim Okada as, the, as our IWGP champion any longer. What did I say? Na- oh, Naito Sonata. What did I say? Okada. Sonata? Sorry. Naito Sonata. <laughs> it was Naito versus Sonata. Had a very in, very strange ending. But uh, I want to go through some some big points here. We, we can talk about each match, but... Um, we had a bunch of title changes. Uh, show ends up going over Desperado for the uh, the the junior uh, belt. Uh, Evil uh, has beaten Tamatanga. Evil's got the never belt. Um, Matt Riddle goes over Tanahashi. Matt Riddle has the TV belt, 
And Nick Nemeth goes over David Finley to win the international, what do they call it? <laughs> I'm calling it the faux Intercontinental Championship. Right, the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. So that's that was all on night one. That was, or no, sorry, Evil versus Tonga wasn't on night one. But that was, that's now, three. Evil versus Shota Umino was the Right, match. and Evil went over. So he retained, so he didn't win it. He just retained the title. What do you think about all these title changes? What do you think about Nick Nemeth and Matt Riddle coming in and immediately them putting titles on both of them in back-to-back matches? I'm, Matt Riddle is what it is. I'm not too. I'm not going to throw the you know the the bathwater out with the baby on that. Tanahashi probably shouldn't have been champion to begin with. Matt Riddle, you take the stoner gimmick aside, Matt Riddle can go. So I don't have a problem with that. The one I have a problem with is David Finley losing. You're going to build up David Finley, have him beat Will Ospreay in an hour-long match, give him the – he beat Will – he pinned Will Ospreay in the match to win the title. Then he pinned Will Ospreay a second time in the cage match to send Will Ospreay packet. You had him send Jay White packet, and then this is how you reward him by having losing to Nick Nemeth? It ain't no disrespect to Nick Nemeth. However, this is some disrespect to Nick Nemeth. That motherfucker has not been booked anywhere close the way that David Finley is. That's Gato's boy. How Gato going through his old boy like that? This made zero fucking sense. The match wasn't even that good to be like, oh, Nick Nemeth should be the champion. The match it was, was disappointing. It was, yeah, it was good. It should have been a whole lot better. And then he went over. Well, I was I like, think what the fuck was this? It's been so long since Nick Nemeth. Well, Zach, what do you think? Uh, yeah, the show in general, I mean, both nights, really. But uh, we're just talking about the one night. The show, very underwhelming. Mm. Um, just in general, like, uh, nothing felt major at all. Um, even, like, you know, Okada's, you know, on his last stretch here. Nothing. Yeah, like it was just, it was just like kind of there, and uh, the matches were just kind of there. Like, you know, Riddle and Tanahashi was short. Apparently, Tanahashi broke his ankle. They're gonna need to get the belt off him anyway. I mean, Tanahashi was kind of perfect for that belt because like a fifteen minute time limit. So, Tanahashi uh, broke his ankle in that match or prior. Uh, I think in the match. Was, I think it was in the match itself. Oh, so that's said, why it was so short. And he's been taking off shows. Uh, Going forward, it, yeah, it didn't go longer than it was like eight fifty seven. If I saw, if I remember right, on cage match, so yeah, it went. But it's like, yeah, it was, it was like eight minutes. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's fine. Like uh, that, you know, it's fine. That I was just like, oh, okay, I'm like that's interesting. I'm like, I guess like Riddle's gonna be doing, you know, more work with New Japan. Cool. Like we'll get to see him wrestle a lot because that's like a workhorse title. Like that's fine. Um, but it didn't have, it didn't generate a lot of heat in the, you know, in the building, and then. Um, yeah, the main event uh, also didn't have a lot of heat, um, and like there was a big title change, and just kind of went over like, oh, okay, like I guess like this guy's champion now. Like, um, yeah, the whole thing was just underwhelming. It was weird. The booking seemed weird. Um, How you gonna have Japan? a title change on a countout? Nigga, what? <laughs> For and so House of Torture has both those titles, the junior and the, uh, the never. Devil. Yeah. What the fuck, man? You're going to put it on House of Torture? on a The David Finley thing is outrageous, really. I mean, it is fucking outrageous. And it seems like a panic move for a, for a 
For a promotion that just lost its two biggest stars, basically, it seems like a panic move. You got to fix your shit in-house. You can't just, you can't live off these ex-WWE guys. Jeff Cobb? Could Jeff Cobb get some love? I mean, god damn. Well, it, it's just, it just strikes me as fucking panicky, and they didn't have to do that. They just, no. um, I don't know. Um, none of these matches really stood out to me at all. Uh, the women's match, I thought, was... Uh, kind of too short. Um, uh, uh, Saber Junior versus Nagata was cool. I'll I'll just say this for the women's match. And that was short though too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that was under uh, ten minutes. It's like nine fifty-seven or something like that. The women's match was like one of the longest of the show, and I think and, it, it kind of took away the bad taste of Mayu versus Tam. You got Mayu versus Mina in this one. Much better match, obviously longer. Arguably the best match of the uh, the twenty third. What do you think of the women's match, Zach? Uh, I mean, it was good. Um, it was you know better than a lot of the stuff on the on the show. Actually, I can't disagree with that. And I think ultimately, therein lies the problem. The twenty fourth that is kind of the same thing. Even though I will say uh, Doki beating Hiromu was a big surprise, but I think that's. A bigger plan. I would like to think it's a bigger plan of Doki getting a push, Hiromu moving to heavyweight, um, Tai Chi and Shingo banging it, uh, banging each other out again. Uh, I think that's just going to be a few going forward that neither one of them will be able to get from. Uh, the hair versus hair, I thought was the best match of the night, and that, that includes the title match. I mean, at least in that scenario, that felt like it was a match where I wasn't sure who was going to win. I obviously picked the wrong guy, but I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Yoda Suji, I think, is going to be an amazing talent. And Yurimura can easily bounce back. I shouldn't say easily bounce back from that. But he just came back from excursions. I mean, losing his hair now is not going to be the end of the world. Well, I think that – well, let's put the Okada stuff off for the end. Fuck him. But um, I had a feeling that's what you'd be saying. Damn but, right. It's on now. Uh, <laughs> tai Chi, I thought that Yurimura – Versus Yosuji was too long. Did not have to be 28 minutes or whatever it was. Uh, they had a tough follow because Shingo and Taichi was fucking awesome. It was the match of the weekend as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I liked Hiromu uh, Doki too. Um, Shingo and Taichi are two guys. I would love to see them heat Taichi up. Um, and Shingo is a very reliable guy that... You could put at the top of the card at any time, if you ask me, as far as New Japan. I don't think that his time is done. But, no. uh So, I would like to see Shingo get some rub. Um, New Japan Cup obviously starts on the 6th. Um, I guess we're going to do brackets here at some point. Uh, Shingo, ZSJ, I think two guys that are, are easily names that could make a run. I would love to see Shingo win it, honestly. Uh, I don't even think that ZSJ needs this. He's won this, I believe, now three times. Twice. Um, twice. twice. Okay. Um, a third time that doesn't necessarily help him, and I don't think he would beat Naito if he, uh, if he won right away. Shingo would be a much more compelling uh, opponent for Naito for obvious reasons. I'd like to see Sabre Jr. win the G1. That's what I'm really rooting for. I wouldn't mind that either. Um, 
bring Josh Alexander over, you know, make it make it a little fun. But By the yeah. way, I asked after Wrestle Kingdom, do you think we'll see Dolph Ziggler in the G1? And it looks like we're going to get him. I mean, if he's holding the belt, Hang, him being in the G1 is what? It's the G one. The G one is summertime, man. We we sit down here in forty degree weather. So it'll let's... it'll be. Here. <laughs> it was eighty a couple of days ago. Right. Um, Jungle Boy uh, Shota has a match, Fuck and Jungle Boy shit starts fucking. Uh, there's like a play over. I I don't know who this is for. Like, who's getting excited about this? Where are they doing with Shota Umino? I have no idea. Um, I don't know what they're doing with so many people right now. Um, it's it's kind of frustrating um it, and just kind of baffling uh you know like the yu yu thing it was the shaving the head like why um it was like it didn't there's no heat behind it um i'm at all. so glad that they did not shave that beautiful mane oh no it, off it's going to suji go. oh, oh okay you're talking about suji oh, i mean you yeah i feel like you had better hair than suji Okay. Unprofessional oh. bullshit. Okay, no, nah, I was going to go with the absolute <laughs> bullshit button on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this. The two things about you guys are said about the time and uh, Uramur shaving his own head. Uh, Uramur shaving his own head His own head is a throwback to Suzuki having, shaving his own head when Goto beat him in hair versus hair. He just took control of his uh, own what, death. Does Uramura have that Battier head, too? <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. But when they say, I do remember him shaved uh, when he was a young uh, young line. It is kind of a, a messed up dome. The time limit is a callback to their young line days again. All they did was have draws. I think they had 22 draws at in oh, their yeah, young line days. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, them going, you know, to – the 30-minute, you know, bitter end shouldn't have been a huge surprise. I kind of enjoyed that because, like I said, for me, it at least was like, okay, you know it ain't going to end up as a draw, but they're at least calling it back to where we did it this so many times beforehand. And then the main event was Sonata versus Naito for the heavyweight championship, and this match was fine up to a point, mm. and then it got Bad. <laughs> like you expect these new Japan, these new Japan cards, even if the undercard is just okay, you expect the main event to deliver. And this decidedly did not deliver. It was a, there's no other way to say it. It was a really poor last five minutes of the match where they could not get on the same page. It looked like there was some, it looked like to me, it looked like Sonata was sandbagging him. I don't know if maybe Naito's that hurt, and maybe Naito doesn't have it. I know that I was hard on them for the Wrestle Kingdom main event, which also was not good. Um, it wasn't as bad as this. Zach, what did you think? Yeah, I feel like there, it was the opposite of the Wrestle Kingdom match, where the Wrestle Kingdom match was like it was like kind of just okay, but then like they did get their groove. Like there was a couple missed spots, but like they really got their groove, and it felt like a big main event the last you know five minutes, ten minutes, or whatever. This one did not. Um, it was not good. Um, he, I don't know. Uh, I know Naito is like the most popular wrestler, and you know I'm a big Naito fan. But um, you know, sunsetting on his main event days, man. Like uh, I don't know that you. I think maybe just transferring that to a younger guy. Um, you know, they've had a lot of missteps over the past. You know, basically ever since Sonata took the belt. Um, it was not a good run. 
didn't do very good for business. Um, Naito's not really doing anything, um, you know, groundbreaking here. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're freshening things up in kind of like all the wrong ways uh, with like the, the ex-WWE Gaijin. Just um, they should have those young guys, um, you know, like a Yoda Suji or something. Uh, maybe one of them wins the New Japan Cup, takes it off Naito. Um, you know, really, they need to like get the younger generation, get them going. That's what they need to do. Show to Umino, somebody, you know. Fucking oh, well, I guess Suji just got a big win. Um, okay, and then Naito afterwards uh, comes out and says, brings Okada up there, and they kind of have a little fun moment. It seemed like the only person that really had anything fond. Uh, Okada, so he goes out, he puts over Will Ospreay, who um, ends up putting over uh, the Bullet Club, putting over David Finley, who loses Dolph Ziggler. Um, Okada has two 10-man matches, or was the first one an eight-man match? Anyway, Okada goes out and pins Callum Newman, Two nights in a row. Yoda Suji, after his match, walks up to Okada outside, and uh, Chris Charlton translated it. He said, are you happy with the way that you're leaving this company? He goes, I'm ashamed of you or something like that. He said something pretty fucking hardcore to him. Was that a shoot, Jason? I hope so, honestly, because I kind of feel the same way about the Okada exit. I went from mad to sad to now being back to being mad but just mad for a different reason Okada going to AEW is what it is Will Ospreay same way but Will Ospreay at least did it the right way he did business on the way out the door Okada didn't even have the goddamn DC to drop the never six man tiles to to TMDK that was supposedly an, an Okada move the losses on the way the non-losses on the way out the door was something Okada didn't want to do I get it, okay? Arguably the best wrestler we've seen in the last decade. But, I mean, damn. You can't just put a, one He's of these motherfuckers up. over. He beat Will Ospreay on the way out the door. This is before we even knew that he was leaving New Japan. He's heating up. He beat him on the way out the door then, and now he's beating Callum Newman. Come on, man. I mean, damn. I, you can't. Tanahashi or TMDK, either one of them would have been an acceptable loss and nobody would have blinked. But you had to win those two. This is why I'm not too mad about Okada getting out the door. At least somebody else will get a chance to hit the joint. This motherfucker's been bogarting for the better part of a decade and ain't passing the motherfucker. Zack Sabre Jr. now can hit the joint. Maybe Jeff Cobb can hit the joint. The, the young guys, Yoda Suji, Shota Umno, these other guys can hit the joint. Okada has been great for New Japan, but he went out the wrong fucking way, and I'm glad somebody said it. Zach, what did you think about that? I didn't want to give it away when we were texting the other day. I was like, because I didn't, I thought that if I said that Suji said something to him, you would know who won the match. But uh, what did you think about it when you saw it? Yeah, um, I don't know if it was work or shoot. Uh, it seemed to be weird to be working somebody who's not going to be in the company. Uh, but, granted, like, unless it's a forbidden door match or something. Yeah, I was going to say, granted, he can definitely come back and work shows because I'm sure you know it's like John Knox is over there working shows and shows like but um, 
actually Definitely pretty interesting. Just suppose supposedly Okada has come out and said he's never coming back to work in New Japan. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, uh, that also wouldn't surprise me. Like, what else is there for him to do? It does suck, like, the state of New Japan right now and the timing of his leaving and with Osprey leaving and, um, you know, not too long before that, you know, Jay White, uh, you know, a lot of their top guys um, going out. But uh, Come back there home, really Jay. isn't – unless Okada's just going to stay there forever and carry the company on his back and try to try to bring it back a la Tanahashi – um, there's nothing else for him to do. He's done everything. Um, there's not as many stories for him to tell. Um, so um, I don't, I don't begrudge him um, going to get his bag. Like the guys in his prime, get that money. Um, the exchange rate on the U.S. dollar is great for the yen right now. Um, so um, if I could just afford the plane ticket to Japan, I'd be living it up over there. But um, I, I think it, I think it is important though. To piggyback off of what Jason said, like it is a tale of two exits between Osprey and Okada. I mean, Osprey goes out doing business. Sorry, Eddie Kingston. Sorry, to, sorry to use the insider terms. He goes out <laughs> looking up at the lights. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't put somebody over. Really, really odd. In a Just, singles match. Yeah, put some put somebody over in you a could, singles match. Tanahashi was the perfect guy to do it, and if they, if it would have happened, they'd have never would have blinked. Tanahashi was another guy that, that could have taken the fall in the never six man championship match to take the titles off of them. I mean, and I'm not even Okada talking about the even, six man, uh, like o- whatever. But okay, but this goes back to you those know, titles the mean nothing. I'm not saying that they mean anything, but it goes back to the questionable booking. Why not do it now? They're in limbo. How are you going to get? You just. You're making it way harder than it should have been. Just have them take the L. Yeah. Um. Is that match at Winnie City Riot between Moxley and Naito for the belt? It better be. Can Moxley win that? He, I think he definitely could. <laughs> it's the only way. It's just going to have to be one of them wild ass matches where. They're fighting. You're saying he could win the heavyweight championship. And then I wouldn't even blink. He's the one guy I'd be okay with AEW doing it. He's the one guy that if New Japan said that they wanted to do it and they allowed it to happen, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Zach, would you be cool with that? Uh, I absolutely would be um, because I feel like he um, would – you know, respect the title, and, you know, he's just such a workhorse, and he would give excellent matches. Granted, I don't, you know, as somebody who is not from Japan, living in Japan as a fan, going to the shows, you know, he's not going to be on all the shows. So that is something. He'd be much more of a part-time champion. But I almost feel like that global title is kind of like the the workhorse, like every show championship. It's not like the the main belt can defend it on all the shows. So... Okay, can we please move Sonata back down the fucking card now? Can we please? I, was, I think now that he's got his rematch, he's, he's, yeah. Once again, I've been proven correct. Just like I said Brodus Clay would be heavyweight champion <laughs> one day. I said that Sonata sucked, and he sucks. I, I'm not going to go that far. I just think that... The, 
this was just bad timing just, for Sonata, bad booking. It's just a certain degree. Podcasting. Yeah, he's know. a great challenger. He's just not a good like. He's a great challenger for the main a main belt. Uh, he's a good main event guy to put in a main event spot, but he is not the main event. Exactly. Um, he's a he's a nice cool. mid card, upper mid card kind of guy. Yeah, it was a very fun story, like that he was able to pin Okada after you know not being able to do it over and over. But man, for him to just have that, it was like he should have got like a fucking Kofi run, and they gave him like a fucking uh, Gunther run. Tamatonga. That's another guy. Went out the right way. Wouldn't you say what you think about his last match, Jason? No, uh, not the best match, but, I mean, once again, you know, if you're if we're playing the pass the torch kind of deal from, you know, one G.O.D. team to another, that's what you're supposed to do. It wasn't like uh, the original G.O.D., you know, was on, you know, their, ta- their A game. You know, they looked a step slow. So it, it felt like the the uh, – the strong champions, tag team champions, and ELP and Hikaleo were going to win, and they won. No problem with that. And this this is where, ultimately, like I said, Okada just not doing the business just leaves a kind of a bad taste in my mouth. It's not like I'm going to go out and say, you know, fuck Okada like I do when I say see Yano all the time. It's, it's not that deep. It's just, it, it's just, like I said, it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and I will just wonder what's, if something doesn't go right in AEW, is this going to be a problem? Because God knows Tony Khan can't necessarily hold the house down. Did you see that the uh, – so we got New Japan coming up, New Japan Cup coming up, I should say, and first-round match, banger right out the gate. Yano versus Yujiro Takahashi. What the fuck? Can you Suck believe it? Yes, match of the year Man, candidate. Suck my ass. Fuck uh, that. We'll have to we'll have to do our brackets beforehand. Um, but uh, a very you know, there's no other way to say it. It was a disappointing weekend for New Japan Pro Agreed. Wrestling. Agreed. Fucking really strange. House of Torture's got two belts. <laughs> Just fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned because we got. If you like that talk, New Japan Cup's gonna get lots of coverage. Let's, <laughs> that's gonna do it for a three count. Real quick, before we get to the predictions, I want to touch on NXT. Uh, we have Sean Spears uh, makes his NXT uh, re-debut. He comes out and fucks up Ridge Holland. Uh, what do you think about this, Jason? Uh, that goes with everybody else's predictions. I don't think anybody has Sean Spears hitting Ridge Holland on their 2024 bingo card. I'm cool with it. Let's just see what happens. Um Everybody seems like they're coming back to NXT to kind of give their career a little revitalization. So what? Why not? Sean Spears, I've always kind of liked, even when he was Ty Dillinger. You would all, you always would run him down when we were at Shock City. I liked him then, so I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, Zach, what do you think? I'll give that return a ten. <laughs> um. Well played, sir. Carmelo versus uh, Dra- Carmelo and Dragunov have a contract signing at the end, but Tony D'Angelo comes out to interrupt it. You know, I like Tony D'Angelo. I, he just doesn't seem like he's on these guys' level. I would totally disagree when uh, Woo! Uh, when he he's and Braun uh, Breaker were in the match for the tag team titles, and there was a couple of times where Tony – Kind of felt like he met strength with Braun Breaker. I was looking at it, and I'm like, 
I don't think this was something that I was th- seeing beforehand, but I was like, "How about this?" It was That's not a main event gimmick. It was eye open. It's not asking to be a main event gimmick. Okay? Zach, where are you at on it? I don't know why they're inserting him into it. Like, shouldn't it ju- really just be like Trick and Mello? Um, I feel like Carmelo should be going for the title. Uh, should be winning the title, and then. Uh, Trick would take it off of him at the WrestleMania show. That seems like just the simplest thing in the world to me. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk about from NXT before we get the predictions um, is the exchange backstage between the War Dogs and the OC. <laughs> Did I call them the War Dogs? Wolf Dogs. Wolf Dogs. The Wolf Dogs. But, but still, the, the exchange was funny too. <laughs> the uh, I really popped when... The scene opened, and Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin walk through the door. Baron Corbin's wearing a leather jacket, and Braun Breaker is talking while they walk through the door, and he goes, yeah, man, he's like, I got an airbrush guy. And he points to Baron Corbin's leather jacket. He goes, it's just plain Jane, man. Like, it's really funny to me, Braun Breaker trying to convince Baron Corbin to airbrush his leather jacket. That that kills me. <laughs> um, but uh, they, they get into it with the OC. I thought it was a pretty good exchange between those two teams all things considered yeah uh the oc you know everybody kind of hates them all the time um earning their money about the time they take them ski masks all shit what you think of it zach <laughs> uh i didn't see it um i do it just only reaffirms that i uh think that wolf dogs are dropping those titles to the oc let me ask you this zach do you have an airbrush guy um, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when you were working in Alton, you had an airbrush guy. Yeah, I had an airbrush guy in the Midwest. <laughs> All right, uh, that's enough of the NXT. Let's get to those predictions. That's Man from okay, so uh, last week, Zach went out on a couple limbs. Uh, he picked Randy Orton. He picked... Uh, the New Catch Republic. So he lost a couple points. Jason and I had perfect elimination chambers, but there was only four matches. Not much to brag about there. I'm in the lead with 26. You guys are in second and third place. Way behind. We're 23 and 22. So uh, we have AEW Revolution this Sunday. Are you going to be watching it live, Jason? Uh, Shit. If I had to take a guess, I'm going to probably say no, but that's okay. Um, I'll I'll stay spoiler free. It's not that it won't be that hard to do that. Zach, you gonna be watching it live? Um, when is it? Sunday. I'm gonna yeah. I'll probably be a little bit behind. I gotta I gotta do a little bit of work stuff. Uh, like right in the middle of Sunday evening, which is really annoying. But I will probably uh, I'll be watching it that day. All right, Jason, you're up first. We have Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong for the International Championship. Jason, who do you got? I was thinking about this on the way over here because it it should just be chalk Orange Cassidy, but I do think that Roddy does have a chance, a legitimate chance, especially with Undisputed Kingdom kind of floating around, fuckery waiting in the wings, but... I'm just going to go ahead and, and beat Chalk and pick Orange Cassie until you prove it otherwise. Uh, Zach, who you got? I am probably going to lose points here because I, I feel like I should be thinking the same way, but 
I think uh, TK really likes Roddy. I think um, OC, the second run has almost been kind of superfluous to his first run with the whole like Moxley, Phoenix thing. And I think it's really just kind of biding its time for somebody else to carry it. And I think Roddy Strong is an excellent candidate for that. And uh, I'm going to go with Roderick Strong. Yeah, I am thinking the same way as Zach. I'm taking Roderick Strong. I think he's been getting a lot of TV time for a long time now. And Orange Cassidy has held that belt forever. And there's certainly no shame in losing to Roderick Strong. Uh, The guy can fucking go. Nope. The guy, he... I used to say Undisputed Era, I thought that he was the best worker of the bunch, and that's saying a lot with those four guys. Uh, Him and Adam Cole are so good, they made Bobby Fish look cool. (laughs) Where's the lie? Tell him when he's telling lies. I'm taking taking Roderick Strong. Uh, Zach, we got Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. This is... This is not a chalky pay-per-view. There's lots of stuff that can happen here. Zach, who do you got? So, before Saturday, I would have said Brian Danielson. But I have a hard time thinking that they're just going to beat him twice in a row. Uh, I think um, I think that telegraphed to Kingston win. So, I'm going to try to be smart and pick Kingston. I do think Danielson should win it uh, because Brian Danielson... This is his last year. He should just he should have a belt, and then he should just lose to somebody, and not do the Okada thing and lose to somebody, uh, go out on his back and lose that belt. Uh, but uh, I do think that it is going to be Kingston. Jason, I think uh, Danielson already did that. He proved that he was an Okada about losing the ZSJ, but that's another story for another time. I'm going to take uh, Eddie Kingston here. I think this is just part of more of a story of him becoming a champion and establishing himself as a champion. One of the hurdles I think he has to jump is a Brian Danielson hurdle. He's jumped the Moxley hurdle. He's jumped the cardio hurdle. Next one up is Danielson. I'm going to take Eddie Kingston to retain. We are unanimous in this. I am also taking Eddie Kingston. I would have taken Brian Danielson before the other night. Yep. Uh, The ending of that was just a little too obvious. If they put Brian Danielson over here, cool. Yeah. No problem with it. Zero um, problem with it. Yeah, I'd probably be cooler with it, actually. Um, up next, we have Tony Storm versus Deanna Parazzo for the Women's Championship. I am taking Tony frickin' Storm with my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. I think they've done an admirable job uh, building this up. They've added some backstory, some uh, some real-life backstory to it. Uh, I think Deanna, I've said it before, I think Deanna Perazzo carries herself like a top-of-the-card type chick. So, um, but same time, Tony Storm's great. I mean, there's not much more we can say about it. Everybody likes it, and it's unique, and it's interesting, and it's different, and she's great. So I'm taking Tony Storm. Jason. Everything you just said, including the Stone Pole wet pipe block of the week, um, it's it's Tony Storm right now. Obviously, uh, with women on the horizon, I think it would be almost damn foolish to have her drop the title before she crosses paths with Mercedes and others. So, yeah, you got to take Tony Storm here. Zach, who you got? Tony Storm for sure. Um, I will, just for the sake of being interesting, I'll reserve my Stone Cold Blood Pipe Lock of the Week for another match, though. 
so that we don't all have the same one. He's, I feel like that happens a lot. It does. He's an agent of chaos. <laughs> Can't wait to see who you pick. Uh, up next, we have Christian Cage versus Daniel Garcia for the uh, TNT title. Jason, you're up for us. Who you got? If I wasn't going Tony Storm, I, this would be my other Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. I got to take Christian here. I just can't see Christian dropping the title before crossing paths with Adam Copeland one more time. No knock against Daniel Garcia. I think this is a, a chance for him to be on a big stage and show uh, his talent and get some shine. But this is uh, Christian Cage to me. I bet you just stepped on Zach's Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Zach, who you got? Maybe. Uh Nope, uh, but uh, I do agree. Um, I think Daniel Garcia would be a great mid-card champion. But uh, I don't think that already takes that belt off Christian Cage yet. So, Yeah, Christian Cage is, gotta be holding, is probably going to be holding that belt when he faces Edge again when Edge comes back. I am also taking Christian Cage. Also, you know, the more Christian Cage, the better. Keep him hey, on man, my man. TV. Hey, Keep man. him holding that belt. Hey, so... Man. Go Christian Cage. Uh, up next, we have uh, the, not for belts or anything, this is just a blood feud between the Blackpool Combat Club and FTR. Zach, who do you got? I'm going to go Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, this could really go either way, but um, I just feel like, you know, it's Moxley, man. Um, and FTR has got no problem doing jobs. Uh, they don't do that many of them, but... Um, I feel like it's like full combat club. You took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I'm also taking Black Hole Combat Club just because it's one of those deals where it's Moxley. Moxley don't lose. And if I uh, if I pick Moxley and I'm not right, I can live with that. If I pick against Moxley and I lose, I can't really live with that. I'm taking the Black Hole Combat Club, Jason. Woo! I can't say I disagree with your logic, Bill. I get it. It's like Charlotte, others that we've said, Orange Cassidy to a certain degree when it comes to the international title. The only reason I disagree. Gunther, Roman. The only reason I disagree is this is FTR. And I don't necessarily think a loss does them poorly, but... I think a loss is Moxley not the, sure as fuck don't get pinned. I'm not saying that Moxley getting pinned. There is someone else that on the that's on the team. Is Moxley I facing FTR alone? I don't think so. Everybody heard it. Okay. That being said, <laughs> I am going to be bullish. I'm going to take FTR just because this is a tag team match alone, and they are arguably one of the tag team best tag teams in the world. If they are that team, they get to prove it on Sunday night. I'm taking FTR. Okay. The last three matches that we have are, well, we talked about this one being uh, match of the year contender, Takeshita versus Osprey. Uh, I'll go first here. They can't keep Osprey as a heel. Don Callis is involved. Um, I'm taking Kanosuka Takeshita to beat Will Osprey. Who do you have, Zach? I can't see him beat Osprey in this first match signed. So this is my uh, this is my Stone Cold Blood Pie block of the week for T- Osprey. Taking Osprey. I love this. There are some fucking fireworks happening on the Banff Ringside Podcast tonight, people. Jason, who you got? 
Hang on, I'm, 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 I got to get up right for a second. That, that, that was uh, like, <laughs> oh shit! Jason didn't see it coming. <laughs> no, damn. Um, both guys kind of needed, honestly, uh, to catch it probably more so because it, it feels like he's kind of been stalled. I just. Ah, damn you, Tony Kodd. Why are you doing this now? Wait for this, you son of a bitch. I'm taking Will Ospreay. All right. I don't want to, but I'm going to take him. Why don't you want to? Sorry, I'm trying to hit this pen. Uh, because, like I said, I think Takeshita needs this way more. Ever since he lost to Jericho over in Japan, he hasn't come back. He's been kind of... Um, just cooled off, you know. What? When, when he before that, Takeshita was white hot. We were talking about him dropping Ishii, you know, in uh, Forbidden Door, and you know, from that point, it's just kind of not been the same. He hasn't been nearly as highlighted as he should be. He should be the international champion instead of Roddy going after it. That's just me. All right, so we have Sting's last match: Sting and Darby Allen versus Matthew and Nicholas Jackson for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Let's see. Jason, you're going first. What would be the easy thing to do is have the Bucks win and you wouldn't have issues. What would probably be the thing that I think is going to happen is the one thing I probably don't want to happen, and that's Sting and Darby winning. They're undefeated. They might as well just go ahead and just run the table, be done with it. Bucks losing is not going to be the end of the world. Bucks winning would be a, a nice little swerve, but I just, I can't see that. Tony is a Sting guy. He's been good to him. I think he'll be good to him one more time. I'm going to take Sting and Darby to retain. They'll figure out the tag titles at a later point. Zach, I already wrote it down for you. <laughs> What'd you write? <laughs> what you mean? Nigga? No, I, I didn't write it down. I think that you're taking Sting. Who are you taking? Uh, I am taking Sting. Um, I do think, like Jason said, logically it, it makes sense. But man, um, I feel like you just you just even though most of the time we'd say go out on your back, not for Sting. Uh, it just ain't happening. Like that's not the feel good moment you're looking for in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, biggest gates in the history of that building um you're gonna send those fans home happy and it's not necessarily even about the match um it's gonna be the you know the post-match uh you know the speech whatever it is they do anybody that they're able to, to get trot out um you guys all watched the uh the Keiji Muto thing on Noah right like we watched that last year yep yep what a fucking great show um I hope that they do something like that. Uh, and uh, anyway, um, they can do whatever with the tag titles. They can do a tournament. Um, Bucks could end up winning them, right? Because I think the Bucks have a great gimmick, and them being like this heel, it's kind of time for the Bucks to be champs again. I almost feel like because they're so good, and this, this is like the best they've ever been gimmick-wise. So, um, yeah, to have them win a tournament or something afterwards. Uh, but yeah, Sting and Darby. It's just like we said before, you don't bet against them because they've never lost. So I don't think they're gonna. Three for three. I'm taking Sting and Darby. They're. I just. I can't see it happening. I can't see the Bucks winning in the main. It's gonna be the main event, Jason. Uh, just for the record, 
I would prefer that Sting and Darby lose this match. And I'm not saying that Sting takes the pin. I'm saying that Darby takes the pin just for the fact that it's Sting's last match. And I think even on the way out, the team should take the L. It just is an easy way to book going forward versus dropping the titles, coming up with a way to, you know, whether it's tournament or otherwise, doing that route. That's just me. Like I said, to me, I think if I know Tony Khan like I think I do, I think he's just going to be just he's a, mark, he's a mark and just mark it out and have him go over. Finally, we have. I don't hey. even think it's the thing about being a mark. I just think it's like, it's just like, honestly, I would, I would, if it was me, because it really doesn't matter either way, I would leave it up to Sting and be like, what do you want to do, brother? We're going to do whatever you want to do. It's your night. Right. That's because um, you're a mark too. Oh, oh, okay. Exhibit A, Your Honor, Soraya winning at all in. That's all that's I'm going to say. That's very different. How's that different? That is, it's that's a woman in her home country in the biggest in the biggest wrestling show in like modern history. You're doing a title change for the fans, and she's a star. Like it's not is she? hurting anybody. Is she she's though? A star. She's is a, she I'm not though? She's doing. It wasn't the I'm main not event. He's doing great work in AEW. Yeah, it's not a main event. It's a title change in a huge crowd. Um, I mean, that's that's not the same thing at all. Uh, and then finally, we have the heavyweight championship, a uh, triple threat, the Vegas special, the AKA Hangman Page versus. I almost forgot about this. We were talking about the thing, and I was like, "Oh, it's the main event. We're double fixing." <laughs> <laughs> well, this is for the belt. Swerve Strickland's mojo, Hangman Page. Uh, J- Zach, you go first. Uh, I have in least the most. Least is Hangman Page. Number two is Swerve Strickland. Mojo's walking away with this title. He's doing too good of work not to do it. Um, also, do we want to put any any odds on the young fuck doing an I'm sorry, I love you super kick spot? To Sting? Yeah, to Sting. Nah. With Ric Flair right there. Nah, the story's not there. The story's not there for for them to say I love you. Nah, the story Are ain't you there. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's heel shit. Thank it's you. Shit. Oh, my God. How can you not see that? Because I'm high, They don't dude. actually love him. Uh, they're going to make fun of it. Totally. Yeah. I don't even think they hit. I don't even think they can. Uh, you know, well, in that case, it. in that case, I love it. Uh, Jason, who you got for the heavyweight? <laughs> who you got for the heavyweight championship? Um, I've been screaming double turn for the last two or three weeks, uh, especially last night when you saw Hangman attack Swerve. To me, that's that's more of a, a double turn, but I don't think it's a double turn where Swerve wins the title. Uh, unfortunately for myself and other Swerve fans, I agree totally with uh, three beer. I got Hangman the least likely to win. Uh, I almost think he's going to be the one to eat the pin. Uh, Swerve in the middle. I would love to see Swerve beat the champ at some point, but I just I can't see a legitimate reason to take it off of Joe at this point. I'm not saying he's doing the Lord's work, but he's definitely passing around the collection plate, so in that scenario, I would definitely want him to hang out and be the champion a little while longer. Um, There's more stories to tell with Joe at the top of the card. The loser, the non- the guy that doesn't get pinned still gets a chance at Joe, and other people get uh, chances at Joe moving forward. Uh, I agree with you guys. Joe at the top of the card is isn't a is a believable 
heavyweight champion. It was going to take somebody on their best day to beat Joe, and he's getting ready to have two guys try to do it. And ultimately, I think he retains. Uh, I have Hangman Page least, but the other night kind of made me think, eh, he could walk away with this as this shitty fucking mustached heel character who's devious and he's a trickster. Like, the double turn has already happened. It's already over. I mean, we talked about Swerve cutting that babyface promo about, you know, threatening physical harm on an infant. Uh, but Eat like, I could see, blueberries. I could see Paige sneak out of there with this. That being said, I got Paige last. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could go all three ways. I really do. Um, I got Samoa Joe, uh, second. I got Swerve as, uh, the winner. I think that it's just, it's the obvious move. It's the move that we said they, they could have struck while the iron was hot a while back, but it's still hot enough. He is over. He is still so fucking over. I got Swerve Strickland winning it. So, don't you think that he should like lose on the biggest stage though, and then like have to go in another whole year, and <laughs> then like have like a celebrity come in and try to take the match from him? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, you ain't shit, dog. <laughs> so good. Let the man tell his story. So good. He's long winded. Listen, Joe. It this looks and smells like a like a uh, transitional championship to me. I mean, really? Yeah. I okay. mean, I love what it Joe's doing, but I, I, it's it, Joe's like one of those guys that even if he loses the belt, it's not going to hurt him. I'm not saying it's going to hurt him. I just think that, and he could lose it without taking the pen. We could have Swerve go over Page, pen Page, and then Page in this new heel character just becomes like obsessed with Swerve. I mean, yeah, I can see it. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, I, I thought initially that Joe was a transitional champion too, and then he just like took to it so well. I was like, man, they shouldn't do it. But I mean, I, yeah. I'm with you. I think you know. If you would ask me two months ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Joe's just going to lose the swerve in a couple months. So, yeah. Right. Uh, that's going to do it for our predictions. Hey, everybody. We got some birthdays this week. Big E Langston is 38. Booker T is 59. Mike Tanay, 69. We hardly knew ye. Oh, he's still around. What's he doing now? Uh, He's retired, at least from uh, the wrestling world. I, yeah, I he doesn't do much. He will he will very, very, very rarely do a podcast, and they're always awesome. Yeah. I fucking love Mike Gennett. He seems cool. Um, but he's like a huge base. He's like an even bigger baseball fan than he is a wrestling fan, which is like saying something. So I think he just goes to baseball games. And I'd like to talk to Mike Gennett about baseball. I, I did not know that. I was going to say, I like him even more. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is 37. Emma is 35. Justin Gabriel, 43. I wonder where he is. Probably South Africa. That's where he's from, right? Ivar. You know what Ivar's real name is? I do not. <laughs> Todd Smith. Uh, <laughs> Ivar is 40. <laughs> <laughs> he and LL share isn't the same wi- name. Isn't that wild? Oh yeah, is he uh, is he Kenny Omega's brother? <laughs> is Kenny Omega Tyson Smith? Tyson Smith, yeah. Jesus Christ, Dalton Castle, real name Dalton Castle. Uh, he's thirty eight. He's keeping that shit real. Jordan Grace is twenty eight. Val Venus, Val Venus. <laughs> 
It'll never not be funny that Venus is spelled like penis. It'll never not be funny. Val Venus is 53. Hello, ladies. And Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy is 48. He had a great gimmick. That shit was going until he fucked it up. Hey, everybody. We know there's son on the podcast. Let's do some reviews, I think, guys. I think he's about to win a title in New Japan, I <laughs> For my family, for Dinner Mahal, for Lucha Chris, for Murray the Merman Murray, for Brett Jagger, for Vice, for... Three beers, Zach Bowman. Zach. For Jason Cornelius Bell. I am Bill Vagy. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Zach. Support your local weed dealers. Double check. Support your local restaurants. Come see me tonight or tomorrow night. Triple check. Give your parents a call and never, ever forget to boo the heels. Boo! Bitch.